Welcome to the War and Beast podcast, the podcast that realizes if Megatron was in charge of Matt Rushmore, he would have just stuck four heads of himself on there. I'm Greg. I'm Emily. I'm Jordan. And I'm I'm Kendall. Oh. Oh, we got a special guest today. today. <laughs> <laughs> we forgot Hello. to say his name. <laughs> Hello, I'm Trevor. That's right. We've got a fifth person on again. Not the second week in a row, but for the second time Pretty in close. three weeks? Something like that. Anyway. Yeah. Yes, Trevor is joining us this week to review uh, the second of the two-parter of Other Voices Part 2. Other visits. Or other... Vi- God! <laughs> Sorry, with a B. It's understandable because they're all other something. Yeah. Wait, Only is it, other, is it Other Voices or Other Visits? Other Visits. Other Visits. Oh, well, oh. I watched other voices, so... Oh, God. Damn it! <laughs> I could have sworn I typed in visits. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, no. So, so tell me what happens in this show, guys. <laughs> oh, oh man. This is going to make this episode even more interesting. Can you bring up the other episode, uh, Other Visits, Part 2, while we're, like, doing it? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'll read the wiki. I'll read the synopsis on wiki. I mean, mean, we're already starting. We're already starting like crazy late. Do you want to just watch it real fast? And we'll start in 20 minutes. I mean, actually, why don't you watch it? And we'll, uh, and we can do, I mean, we can do, well, I don't have any trivia, but we can do, uh, we can, we can do some of the intro stuff and then you can just jump in when we, uh, so wait. So you we definitely need to ask other, him other what his history is then. too, because like, like I said, there there are actually uh, like other visits, other voices like that too. So other voices is the one where uh, I had the quantum surge and the exploding moon and stuff like that. Yeah, that's yeah. the one I watched. Okay, okay, just wanted to make sure we it is indeed that other like the wrong oh, other. Oh no, yeah, <laughs> other other visits season two. Oh god. <laughs> actually, you know what we could do if if you don't mind. Uh, like flipping with the editing, I we could do the um we could do like parts of it. Like we do the do the wiki stuff and then do the questions. Because by the time we get through all that, and we only have like a few questions. Well, I want I'd... Trevor there for the questions though. Oh, now that's a good point too. Yeah, let's. I this do... is this is what I'd say. Let's do the let's do the wiki stuff, and and uh, and Jordan stretch that as long as you can. <laughs> Trevor, watch the episode. We'll take a break after we do the wiki stuff, and then, <laughs> and then I mean, because the episode's only 20 minutes, so yeah. just watch it. Watch it at 1.5 speed if you need to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is a good podcast. <laughs> Keep all this in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but at the end, as a bonus thing for people. Yeah. <laughs> is that, I mean, is that okay? I think, I feel like that make, that probably makes the most sense, because I agree with Emily that we want, um, we want him yeah. in for the, uh. For the questions. Oh yeah, yeah I'm, I'm fine. I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> I've pulled up right now. I'm straight plus play. Okay. <laughs> we'll Sorry, Kevin. It's totally our fault. 
The Earth's fine. Okay, <laughs> I, I just had to make sure I didn't like got autocorrected. I did type in visits, but but it's just one of those things where like there's so many like other V episodes yeah. that I it is not surprising that you watched. It's the a wrong theme. One. Yeah, yeah. My brain theme. just somehow managed to click into it, and all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, that is what he watched. <laughs> <laughs> Right, well, I want to mention it like now, you know. It's a good yeah. thing you made that mistake. It's like, so guys, how about that part where Optus Prime rides into the uh, into the space laser? <laughs> That's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, that thing we talked about several weeks ago. <laughs> we actually saw his head flying through space. <sighs> see, see you, space gorilla. <laughs> oh. Okay, I'm going to watch this. I'll be right back. Okay. Peace. <laughs> this is so silly. I have some that something in, in the episode. So, Kendall, what what did we have on the uh, on IMDb this week? Uh, we didn't have anything on IMDb. <laughs> oh God, damn it. really? I was, I was, I was. You I were was, holding on to that, weren't you? Like, I'm gonna drop this on them. I, I believe that I, I believe that I actually did mention that there was no IMDb trivia. Um, however, um, I, uh, I went and actually, I like, I went into the episode. And I like, I thought like maybe I didn't click on the thing, but there's just no trivia, and there's not even like quotes or anything for this episode. Um, huh. So, uh, what I did want to do is a quick uh, character spotlight on Colin Murdoch, who does huh. uh, the voice of um, Quick Strike. I wanted to, but he hasn't really done anything either. Um, oh, no, he's, he's done a bunch of unremarkable voice acting work. He was born September 9th, 1958 in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. He's known for his oh, work Canadian. on, yeah, he's Canadian. He's known Yay. for his work on Jinro, the Wolf Brigade, Gadget and the Gadgetinis and Barbie, the Magic of Pegasus. And I mean, he's had bit parts in a bunch of, uh, in a bunch of other stuff. Uh, looked like he was a transformer named Thrust in something. Is that the one rest. that you guys would have heard of? Yeah, um, I don't know. Thrust sounds familiar. Like there, I think there was a G one thrust, but it, there's also, but it's one of those names that they probably used multiple times. So, like in the the Cybertron uh, Energon series, there might have been a thrust. Oh, thrust was um, he was one of the planes. Yeah, he was one of the Decepticon. He was in planes. yeah, he was in Energon as. Uh, Oh, he played Scorponok as Ener- in in Energon. Scorponok, huh. Wing Dagger, and Wing Saber. Huh. Oh, okay. Um, Wing Saber. Um, if I remember correctly, in Energon, Wing Saber was able to combine with Optimus. Um, I'm pretty he, sure that's what. It and was. then he was in so one of the flying Armada ones as as Thrust. <laughs> um, and you know he's just you know he's a working voice actor. He's got a bunch of stuff where he was in just a handful of episodes. Nothing. Amazing. He was in uh, one episode of Stargate SG-1, played Ardal Hadreg in the episode Space Race. Um, you recognize and, that name? You, you like that show, right? Yeah, I don't know that name. 
<laughs> let's click on the episode. Let's see what happened in it. Uh, in exchange for new for the SGC, right Warwick Finn asked for their help so I, to win a dangerous spaceship so competition. <laughs> I do not remember this episode at all. It is from season huh. seven. Okay, that is after I stopped oh. watching. Or no, it's <laughs> no. You know what it is? Season seven was after they when the because I watched it for season eight, and it was also on like thirty-seven times a week. So season season seven probably wasn't being syndicated. Like only the first six seasons were being syndicated, and then season, I watched season eight live. So uh, yeah, I don't remember that episode. That seems weird that they were getting space technology in season seven because they had a bunch of space technology already by that point. Um, and then he also did the voice of Chop Shop Boss in X Men Evolution two episodes, Cruise Control and Walk on the Wild Side. You think Scott McNeil got him that? Part because he's already on. He was on the show too. So he's like, wait, what character did he play in Evolution? Chop shop person. So like, not a named person. Chop, yeah, chop shop oh. boss. Well, he was in two episodes, so he must have been pretty important. Hmm. He didn't have a name, apparently. <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought of another thing we can do. I was wondering if he d- if he did the stuff. the the cowboy accent for all his characters that they got him. In those <laughs> in those bit parts. That's just how he speaks, and he can't speak any other way. <laughs> it's got him ostracized in Canada, because he can't stop talking like that. Well, hey, man, it's Calgary, so that makes sense. Yeah. It's like where we have our, like, the Calgary Stampede, I think it's called? Yeah. Yep. Ah. So, yeah, but that's our, that's our cowboy province, so that makes sense. Pretty actually. much, yeah. <laughs> All right, so... Or not uh, province, Alberta's the province, but Calgary. So what's okay. in the what's in the TF wiki? <laughs> okay, so um, normally I skip over animation and technical errors, but there's only two here, that, and some of them might uh, be interesting. <laughs> Plus, we got to uh, go twenty minutes, so. <laughs> and, I, and, so I can, the, and I can do a quick review of, of Transformers: Forge to Fight before we get Trevor back on too, oh, or at okay. least a quick look. Me too. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> uh, as Megatron regards the Metal Hunter door, he puts away his weapon, which you know, if you remember, is his tail, mm-hmm. and takes out the alien disc. When the Maximals confront him, prior to Tarantulas activating the refractive web, the, his weapon is back in his right hand, and immediately after the web is activated and the Maximals repelled, it's gone again. So, even in this form, his tail weapon is kind of a glitchy, uh, Schrodinger's tail of, of non-existence sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it kind of seems like Megatron has like this backpack. He's, he's got a bag of yeah. holding his back. I don't know how that works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, see, with the disc, I kind of at least can kind of imagine he just sticks it under one of the like the. Hover yeah, I, I thought it was things. like a disc drive or something back there. I'm like, yeah. okay, fine. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I accepted that fine, but like the he's tail. Got a, he's <laughs> got a disc drive, like a like a like a vi- like a golden, and it, yeah. it just happens to be like a golden record player. You know, okay. that's depressing. We're like well into the second season and I still haven't bought a laser disc player. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, wait a minute. The the guy that you were talking about, Kendall, I'm just looking at his IMDB here. Uh-huh. This guy is Bob this guy voices Bob the Builder. Wait, what? Yeah, he, he voices dude. Bob the Builder. Huh. Like the US version. Oh, that's right. They use they use like 
a UK and yeah. oh, see, I saw that he was on Bob the Builder, but I don't care. Um, but well, unless there's like Bob, a second Bob named Bob the from Bob the I Builder. I don't well, know. You I'm might not, not care, in, but that's a huge cartoon. No, that's right. like well, yeah. I mean, cartoon. he's on a bunch of cartoons that people have heard of, but he was like random things, and I just. But it, he actually played Bob. That's yeah, a I, character. Yes, of a okay. Huge I'm, I, I'll take. Yes, to Greg is fair, right. To be fair, it it is like it's one of those kids' cartoon things where like if you grew up with it, then yeah, it's a big deal to you. Outside of it, not always so much. Like, well, it's not I don't a big know. deal to me either. I just think well, that no. like it should, you know, it it it, it is a popular kids' show. I did <laughs> like, read every single up. credit that he was that he had though. <laughs> like, and it wasn't oh, like, listed. No. In known for you would think he would be known for it if he's oh Bob. there's like a separate a separate known for column between his listings huh yeah 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 they they usually it's, have a, a handful of the things that they're known for yeah it's, see that then that's that's the one on uh, IMDb's fault for not playing there's it only, under known for there's only that, thirty episodes of of Bob the Builder maybe he was just the voice or he for was 30 only episodes. the voice for thirty episodes yeah, that's probably what it was hmm. but. Uh, What'd you see here? Because there was one other one that that was mentioned. Where was it? He was. Oh yes, he was also Mister Kyoji in Ramen One Half. Oh. <laughs> he was on Ramen One Half. Kyoji. I don't know what character that is. But yeah, Mister. Like, why does that Rama. sound familiar? Don't know what character what it is, but uh, you know that there were probably Jordan. were some boobs in that episode. Go go into your mind palace and find it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So yeah, so yeah, he's not just bit player. Okay, gotta give him some credit. Okay, I apologize, Mister. What's his name? <laughs> Colin <laughs> Murdoch. Murdoch. Colin Murdoch. Cool name too, honestly. He's probably Matt's brother. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't Matt like pretend to have a brother for a while? I was like Mike Murdoch or something, so we could like yes, like that is a thing. Show I don't up. Yeah. know the context, yeah. but it is a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, anyway. cool. Yeah. He also directed a, a, sh- a video short called Dear Grandmother. Interesting. Uh, New York fashion coordinator Celia Davis receives an unexpected news. Her mother, whom she has never known, has died suddenly, and she's been appointed guardian of her half-sister Mary. Uh, yeah, and an uprooted 12-year-old with an attitude and a fear of fr- flying. The cross-country trip that follows delivers many surprises, bringing Celia and Mary to a place... That neither expected. Oh. Sounds heartwarming. It looks like we don't have any plot synopsis for this title yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, any more wiki stuff? I'm assuming there is. I just want to get back. Oh. Yeah. yeah um, sorry, Jordan, I interrupted No, that's you. okay. <laughs> I was just looking up Kyoji. Uh, anyway. Oh. <laughs> in your mind palace. <laughs> yes, in my mind palace. <laughs> um, so going on to continuity errors, and, hmm... I still think this one's a little nitpicky, but it does bring up an interesting point. Uh, it mentions that last time the aliens were prepared to blow up the entire planet to stop the Transformers. This time they just send this plant-based thing which makes a single attack on the Beast Warriors and then just sits there waiting for Megatron to stroll right in. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Here's, um, here's my uh, assumption on that, is that they didn't realize that they survived. They just they put that ship there for completely unrelated reasons because maybe well, to like start maybe to start their experiment again or well, something like I that. Think, I think it was also the fact that uh, Air Razor and Tigertron uh, like activated was a clue that they were still around. But um, it was actually um, it's actually mentioned like in the, there's a companion that was made in Japan that was like by the that the 
uh, American team worked on with the others on there called Beast Wars Universe uh, that mentions that Detilio, like one of the writers, idea was that the aliens had been convinced that <laughs> has been convinced that Omnicide is wrong by Tigertron and was there simply to get them off the planet. Uh, but see, that was never made it into the actual like any of the aired shows. Does that like fit in the rest of the continuity? Do, do the aliens decide that Omnicide is wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think they try like one more thing, if I remember correctly, and it is more of like them trying to just get them to destroy specifically the uh, on, uh, the Maximals and Predacons. Yeah. yeah okay. So maybe 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 yeah. So maybe they did decide like, well, maybe we don't have to destroy the entire planet just to get to get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right. In the show, though, you know, they mentioned that the transmittal bodies have made them impossible for the aliens to detect, uh, rendering the weapon dormant. But this also implies that the energy surge at the end of last episode was just aimed at the regular, regular Maximals and Predacons, and the other transmetal transformers got caught in a wave by accident. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting that, that it implied that transmetals are, like, it's, it's them, like, kind of getting part of the alien DNA and um, making yeah. Which or something like that. It's interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to more of that. It couldn't make a little bit of sense too, because um, uh, Air Air Razor and Tigertron weren't transmetals or affected by the quantum surge. I guess because they were, you know, they were born, they were uh, booted up on the, on the the planet, so they had some of them. So, the, the, so the writers protection. weren't tired of them yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it also mentions under continuity is that even allowing the metal. Uh, the name for the ship uh, can't detect transmetals. It seems woefully underwhelming for a super weapon that Megatron hopes to use to conquer Cybertron, yeah. which actually is kind of a good point. Yeah, here. Uh, I, I don't know. Like it kind of showed a big laser beam shoot primal, and I'm like, there's got to be more weapons on that we just don't really know about. Kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, and it mentions that uh, you know near the end, like how the Maximals' personal weapons seem perfectly capable of inflicting at least That's some true. damage yeah. after only a short time, leaving Megatron to claim that there are too many. Yeah, uh, the person yeah. yeah. I, I was like only half paying things. attention by that point in the episode, but I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah. So he's like, "There are four, four whole <laughs> Maximals attacking, two of which aren't even transmetals. We're pretty sure that Cybertron has more than four tr- Transformers living on it." <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure. Yeah, no, I'm not positive, but that's really funny. Because um, yeah. it's not like they. I mean, I guess, I guess, like you could. The argument could be made that he's sort of at that point, like haphazardly, like trying to just trying to leave, kind of thing. Uh, you, you know, he's got the transwarp cells that have been jury rigged yeah. in there with jumper cables, but like, <laughs> but like, still, like it I, just seems. Yeah, it's. I agree. It's that's a good description. Woefully underwhelming for a super weapon. Yeah, yes. and I think he he w- one possibility is that Megatron might be underestimating it. Like he might think there's more to it than uh, than he's like he thinks that by the time he gets to Cybertron, like flies there, that basically overestimating. He, yeah, overestimating, and he can basically make enough show of force to show that the Predacons can basically back him up. So even if he hasn't gotten like uh, you know. Is is having any kind of trouble? He'll he'll still have like a whole army to to come fight with him. Yeah. Ah, 
Uh, so what you're oh, so what you're saying is probably since the Predacons at this point are like subjugated on no. on, on Cybertron, <laughs> he'll get them to rise up against the against the Maximals and the Autobots. That's what they say. Yes, the Maximals and the Autobots. Uh, you know, they just need they just need uh, yeah. It's, so he's like basically trying to be Captain America. Yeah, sure. So. Uh-huh. Um, I want to talk about that later when we get to that part where he talks about the Predacon Alliance. I think that's a very interesting. Um, yeah, he calls they him, yeah, he calls them the Predacon Alliance, which is uh, and yeah, it, it makes me, it, it made me think about like how Dinobot like like maybe it isn't so strange that like a Predacon would just like decide to side with Maximals because like not all of them are like conquerors. Like like I was gonna bring this up when we got to the scene of it, and I maybe I'll still do that because Trevor's not here yet, so it'd be kind yeah. of more interesting to say yeah. it with. With our, our guest, so yeah, little preview of, of stuff that comes. <laughs> so we have uh, continuity notes as well. It mentions as seen in Tangled Web that uh, Transmetal Beast Warriors are notably more resistant to energon radiation, uh, surviving the energon overload with nary a scratch. Uh, it also points out that the two fusors are also immune to attack, suggesting I that thought some, about that too. Yeah, that's yeah. some degree of transmetal uh, metalization. Which I, in Quick Strike's case, I can see that because he does seem—I mean, like scale, scales and all—though he does seem a little transmetally. Uh, quick, uh, Silverball was the only one, like of the fusers, he's the only one that didn't strike me as transmetal. But the fact that he was like on the planet and was like hit by the quantum surge before he got booted, maybe that was a—you th- know—that's why uh, him and Quick Strike are are considered transmetals. I don't know. Oh, or at least in the same level of protection as yeah. Transmetals. Yeah. Um, and then there's another continuity note that's actually kind of interesting. It, it uh, highlights just how much uh, Rat Traps and Primal's relationship changed over the course of the show. Uh, mentions like how at the very beginning, you know, his comments were cutting, he disobeyed orders, uh, didn't care whether Primal lived or died. But now it's more his marks, his comments are sarcastic and more of a banter than actual complaints. And that he does seem actually kind of concerned about uh, the boss monkey, you know, even defending Tarantulas to help to help them seen as how he was the only one that would have a chance of getting him back. Roger is quickly becoming like probably my favorite character just because of like he does a lot of stuff in the last couple episodes. He's a kind of a badass. Like, <laughs> yeah, he gets and he gets a lot of character development. Mm-hmm. Yay. Uh, and then another note here says that Rhinox notes that he's getting tired of waking up in the CR chamber, referring yeah, like to that, the fact that this is the third time in seven episodes that has ha- that this has happened. And it also mentions that possibly during the last episode we see when we see Optimus uh, reattaching his arm, he might have been in the CR beforehand, yeah. you know, for initial repairs before he woke up. And then finally, as a continuity note, uh, the mountaintop that Megatron warps to was previously visited by Inferno and before the storm, where he found a, a golden disc. And I believe Inferno actually points that out in the episode, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, he does. So, then yeah. we've got then we've got a rather <laughs> a rather blatant Transformers uh, G1 reference here, where Megatron gloats that he his plan will wipe out both the Maximals and the Autobots. Uh, this can't. Uh, oh wait, uh, that's. Wrong was reading the wrong thing. Uh, this mostly the most likely inter- interpretation is that the, there are Autobots currently living on Cybertron alongside their similar successors. So maybe the Predacon Alliance, like we were talking about, might actually be Predacons and Decepticons. Decepticons and, yeah, yeah, as well. But mm-hmm. anyways, f- 
finally, as for tri- as a interesting trivia note, before Megatron places the alien disc into the control column, he gives it a kiss for for luck. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, I think we've got Trevor back now, don't we? We do. Uh-huh. Oh my god! Oh, wait, wait. Before we start, there's one little neat thing I want to point out. The Japanese title was A Kaoga, which is Ha huh, the Face. <laughs> that fits. <laughs> I uh, I now get Greg's uh, Mount Rushmore joke at the beginning. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, you probably had no idea what he what he was saying. I was, was he talking I was, about Mount Rushmore. I was <laughs> just like, Megatron has an ego, so that works. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And, I wasn't uh, listening Gordon to the joke. Metal. I was too busy Metal. reading about the Salem witch trials in the Harry Potter universe. <laughs> okay, so so now it's that hard to get that in there. We can <laughs> we can get back to what really matters. Uh, yes. <laughs> Harry Potter. Which just yeah, just for the record, I think I think I mean it's possible that they mention in in a book that stuff that that, that, uh, that I I distinctly remember that got out of it. I mean like, that that probably is like, true. But like the official, like the official story from Fantastic Beasts, and like that, like J.K. Rowling, like actually made like a big announcement uh, right before it came out. The, the, definitely, some of them were because there's actually like a si- a subplot somewhere in a short story or essay or something that uh, that the that it was actually a conspiracy uh, that some some uh, some witches were actually involved in setting up the. In, in the trials themselves, like setting them up. So, yeah, I'm just you know. That was deep. And the listeners have no idea what we're talking about. This. <laughs> That's okay. Yes, there was a Harry Potter discussion that went on before we started this <laughs> recording. Anyway, um, I mean, as long as I'm right, that's the ask, important thing. We haven't gotten a chance to ask Trevor about his history with the show. Let's do that now, and then we'll do the review of Fourth Fight, or at least a mini review. Yeah. <laughs> So, my history of Beast Wars. Uh, well, uh, whenever I was supposed to be doing, you know, homework, uh, as, like, how old was I? Like, you know, between 10 or 12, probably, I would go on this website that had just a bunch of uh, cartoons on it. If we're, I totally streamed the legal, streamed the legal, oh my god. I totally streamed them legally. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yep. It was like uh, Beast Wars, the Transformer cartoon from like. Wasn't there one like in the early two thousands? It was kind of anime ish. Yeah, yeah, I think that probably was... would have been Armada. Yeah, yeah. was Armada was the first one, right? It was a Transformers so. one that was like yeah. that, yeah. But that yeah. wasn't Beast Wars though. Or or it might have been Robots in Disguise. Yeah. It oh, was right. one. Of, it, it was one of those, and a, uh, a G.I. Joe cartoon that was uh, tied to the uh, new movie universe that uh, <laughs> had just just spawned. So yeah, I would uh, I would shirk uh, any uh, schoolwork that I had going on to uh, watch that until my parents walked in and caught me and told me that, I don't know, my future was important or something and that I should worry about it. <laughs> but robots are the future. Exactly. It's like it's research. I'm trying to learn how to make transformers. Exactly. I'm going to become an engineer. You need to under, you need to know these things. I need to know how to make machines into animals, mom. 
And I mean, little did they know that you would one day guest on the prestigious Beast Wars podcast. Uh, I, was like, look, I was like, look, mom, mom. Okay, so there's this thing called a podcast. <laughs> it hasn't been invented yet, but I'm, yeah. I know it's going to be big. <laughs> hey, hey, Greg, it's, it's, it's your cousin, uh, Jed. You know that you know that podcast sound you've been looking for? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen to this. Cut to, to cut to the Beast Wars theme music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like like any you know, like any kid, I had a bunch of Transformers toys, and the uh, I didn't really have any particular alliance to any particular run of Transformers. But there were certain kinds of Transformers that I really wanted, like uh, motorcycles okay. and uh, motorcycles and cheetahs. Those were the those were the ones that I wanted. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, have you seen RC from like uh, uh, Transformers um, Prime? Prime. Yeah. She, she's, a, she's a really good motorcycle Transformer. She's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I that was really cool. I had that one. It was like a. Uh, it was it looked like a Yamaha or something that was red and had like a uh, like a gun on the that hooked onto the back seat. Cool. Yeah, I, I don't know which do, one that is. <laughs> I, I don't either. <laughs> but that was Might my favorite. Been one of the movie ones from the second one. Maybe I. I there's was a, there's a few good. um uh motorcycle girls in the second movie, but yeah. Okay, so I, I promise this is the last time I'm gonna bring this up. But I found oh. where I found where with the Harry Potter's the witch burnings. Oh god! European witch burnings is are mentioned in the Harry Potter books, and that's where they say they pose no threats for any threats for any real witches or wizards who could perform a simple freezing charm and enjoy a light tickling sensation if they yeah, ever felt, found themselves on the wrong end of a stake slash pyre. So it's basically what I was what I was saying. Like she she sort of retconned the the history as as you know the. The version of of the of the Harry Potter world is a little bit more is a little bit darker and more mature in the Fantastic Beasts continuity. Okay, All I'm right. done. I got I pro- I'll, I'll close the window now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Anytime actually going to pay attention quiet, this time. We know that he's researching something. <laughs> when listen, guys, when when God closes a Transformers door, he opens a Harry Potter window. <laughs> <laughs> I I have a lot of windows open about this. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> okay cool it must have been a really big transformers door that he closed <laughs> it was like it was double door it was like two a, double doors it was this whole episode two, something. two dumbledores uh. <laughs> i i'd cringe but i make that joke any time in D whenever yes the dm says yeah there are a couple of du- double doors yeah I, same <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it was it wasn't really it wasn't that he closed the door. He kind of like put an energy web around the podcast. So <laughs> so I had to um disapparate to get into the podcast and Harry Potter, you know. Yeah, of course. Um totally. So Transformers. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I'll just um I, I, are you, are you still uh you have still more, more to say Trevor about your history? Cuz I I mean, that's basically my history with Beast Wars. I watched it when I was a kid, when I was supposed to be doing schoolwork, and I just, those are really my only memories of it. That's totally a good <laughs> nice. reason to be watching it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, 
I remember thinking it was awesome at the time because, uh, you know, I was 10 years old and I was like, they're robots, but some of them turn into wolves. <laughs> I don't know what no it is. Wolves. I don't know what it is about kids with wolves, or it might have just been me, but I just, wolves were the coolest. No, I, I, I had the same. It was wolves and uh, and big cats. Me. Um. So yeah, Forged Fight. We, I guess Jordan played it too, but I, I played it a bit, and uh, I remember if you remember on the podcast, I mentioned my um my hesitation to play a fighter on mobile, but they actually did a really good job with the control scheme. And I really like yeah. it. Yeah, like it's really simple. Like, there's no buttons on the screen, which is what, which is what would have made it bad if you had like overlay buttons. But pretty much, it's like you tap the right side of a screen for a normal attack. You hold it for like a charge attack, and you swipe it for like a sweeping attack. And then, if you want to move up or down on the left side of the screen, you swipe up or down or backwards to get away from them. And when you're farther away from uh, an enemy and you hit normal attack, you shoot instead. So it's like. Super simple, but like fun, and and it doesn't it doesn't feel you feel like you're you're in perfect control of the character. It doesn't it doesn't feel awkward or anything. Even though it's and a simple combat, it's it's like it works, and and it's actually pretty fun. I only played about two matches of it. Maybe Jordan played more. Yeah, I <laughs> I've got, I've gone like almost through uh, the entire first story arc of the story chapters, which is like four chapters. Of like six missions each. Yeah, and the story. Oh, wow. By the way, you have. To, they, by the like, way, you ended have to go up in a... missions multiple times because of multiple paths. Like you can't just like going through it once is not doesn't get you everything. If you want to like like there's like a little thing that's like so much explored, and you can't. It, not a lot of them are like you just go through once and you get it at all. But yeah, it's actually kind of a lot of fun and um <laughs> like. Like, remember how I mentioned in the the Power Rangers Legacy Wars, there's, like, a simple rock-paper-scissors kind of thing? Yeah. There's kind of that kind of set up in, uh, in Forge to Fight, but not by attacks, but by classes. Like, a robot is... Like, one of the characters is basically set as one of the classes, like a tech or a warrior or a brawler or demolition, like, demolisher kind of thing. Like there's And there's five of them. And, like, each one's good against another one, and each one's uh, weak against another one. Yeah. And and just just normal against all, all the others. <laughs> so, like, Optimus Prime, like... And the thing is, is that it's one of those, like, oh, we're at a nexus of multi-realities kind of thing. Yeah, I was going to say. So, like, they're, so they're, on I, a, they're on a journey into space to go find other worlds, and they end up in a black hole thing, and they're in a multiverse situation. There's a female uh, human character who's... Marissa, for reasons. which, yeah, if I remember correctly, <laughs> was the name of that one girl from the uh, from from the Kiss Players, wasn't it? Oh god, I I don't know, but that's amazing if it's the case. <laughs> I think they used the name Marissa for for it for a character in one of the movies, though, like one of the female leads in. Remember, uh, if, you're, if you're not familiar with Kiss Players, that's where little anime girls kiss Transformers to power them up. <laughs> And it's even grosser than it seems because they like <laughs> they like fall out and they're naked and covered in oil and it's super gross or super <laughs> something. Yeah. Don't ever defend them because you'll learn more about them and then you'll feel like a misogynist. <laughs> okay. I'm still trans I'm still processing this. Like <laughs> what? Yeah, little girls kiss robots 
merge with them and then get covered in goo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, what I was going to say is like the the like a Generation One Optimus Prime is a tactician, but the Optimus Prime from the movies is a brawler. Interesting. Yeah, and um, it's it's actually kind of like a lot of fun, you know. Just like I've leveled up quite a few characters t- uh, to the point where they get like a secondary. Like as you fight them, they eventually like build up like a, a super move that you can tap to do. And I've gone to a few that are uh, that are like the second. Oh yeah, the super move is another thing. Where it, uh, super bar yeah. powers up, and you tap the super bar right gone. It's yeah, like, super simple. And, uh, well, Optimus is awesome because he's basically using his Energon axe, and it's just, uh, like, these giant sweeping, like, axe strikes. Yeah, yeah, because that's the first character you get is Optimus, and, yeah, it's cool. But one of the other characters that I got that is a lot of fun to play with is, uh, Bludgeon. Uh, and it's using, I think, they're using the model of him from, like, a recent toy release of him, where he's a tank. Like, I don't know if you remember bludgeon from the other cartoons like he i think he's been around uh in various incarnations he's had like a pretender shell or anything like that but he's supposed to be like one of the he's actually like one of the uh cybertronians that knows like one of those uh robot uh martial arts like metal keto or whatever and so he fights with this like samurai sword (laughs) yeah he fights with the samurai sword and it's just it's just kind of like badass to just watch him like swing and go with it he fights with a sword, but his name's Bludgeon. His name's Bludgeon, yes. That's terrible. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it, how is, how, I guess the ultimate question, though, is did you get Rhinox? No, I've been trying so much. Uh, and I know he's, and not, and not only is the Rhinox in there, but Waspinator's in there, too, and I want to try and get him, too. Yeah, <laughs> so is, is that kind of like a, a gacha system? Yeah, there's there's things that basically, like, every four hours or so, you can do a, like, spin to get a new robot kind of thing. So, like, oh, okay. like I have not paid, uh, I have not spent, like, any money. Like, there are in-app purchases, but I have not spent a single dollar on this game yet. So how did the, how did really the game nice. run on your on your mobile? Because it was kind of laggy on mine. It uh, it's, been, it's been running pretty well. I I think, what's I if I remember correctly, I have uh, the I, an iPhone 7. Okay, because so I, I, I have a Galaxy S6. So, like, yeah, so it might just be the the uh more optimized for for ios but i don't know well s6 is a generation behind so they might have optimized oh, the s7 and, yeah hmm. but yeah, yeah it's a, a lot of fun yeah yeah I, i'm gonna play it some more and talk about it next week probably a bit more my own thoughts okay. on it because i only i only played a couple matches and then in persona 5 was like okay i'm gonna play that <laughs> instead it's, it's better <laughs> so an hour and a half into our recording let's yeah, start about talking say, about the episode as riveting as this has been <laughs> And hey, we're talking about Transformers trans- stuff, yeah. okay? At least we're talking about Harry Potter. <laughs> if, if, well, if Transformers forged to fight would like to, to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> that's the worst, we can always cut out the game minute and have it as like a special bonus episode. I suppose. So, let's talk about how Draco's actually a werewolf. So. <laughs> <laughs> Is that an actual theory? I thought you were just pulling shit out of your ass. No, that's yeah, a that's real theory. theory and I, uh, J.K. Rowling says, like, she actually likes it, too. Like, That's amazing. Oh, my God, no. We have an episode <laughs> to review. <laughs> okay, okay, we're okay, done. Transformers. Uh, Rattrap says he forgot how much fun Energon surges are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Episode opens with a little review of what happened in the previous episode, and then we get Rattrap sort of coming to and 
stating how and much then, he really missed those energon and then you get up and then you get up to get a drink and you come back and you realize that that thing at the end that killed all of the characters at the end of last episode apparently nothing there were no ramifications from that well, except for, some except for now they're on opposite sides of a weird web <laughs> well and like rhinox and dinobot are down oh yeah. i i and okay i think waspinator and black are are knocked out <laughs> okay yeah i mean that's probably you're right I but that was part of the me me blinking. Oh, <laughs> like that happens very relatively fast at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, yeah, because we have we have Megatron, Tarantulas, and Quickstrike for the Predacons, and Optimus and Ratrap who seem to be up and at them for the most part first. Well, and, and Cheetor and Silverbolt are there. Too. Oh yes, that's true. But yeah, they. Um, Megatron and Tarantulas have a bit of discussion. discussion. Uh, Megatron, of course, making mention that uh, the aliens are direct and to the point and how he likes them for that. Um, Tarantulas goes on to uh, state that if it weren't for the quantum surge changing them, that they would all be in stasis lock right now. Yes, <laughs> so all the new toys are fine. Is what we're yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they, Megatron, of course, goes, uh, hmm, yes, I must talk to him about that. Um, basically oblivious as he is now looking at the door to the ship and then pulls out his golden disc from behind his back from his disc drive, no less. At least that's what we <laughs> which, hypothesize anyway. Which is apparently a glorified garage door opener. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best part about being a robot is that you can just store stuff inside of yourself. <laughs> Well, I mean, we'll people could do that too, but... Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, but then we have to... ...for <laughs> pooping it out first. Who's <laughs> to say he... That's not what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, they are more organic in their... In their... Uh, in their... Uh, robot forms now. And we do know that their filters will adjust, so... <laughs> yeah. Inside jokes that, that Trevor won't get. <laughs> I just nod and smile. <laughs> what you mean you didn't listen to every single episode of this podcast is preparation uh, yes <laughs> well i know at least you watched every episode of the series so far yes obviously <laughs> or or every episode up to uh, other voices <laughs> yes well because it wasn't other visits as we knew <laughs> So yeah, just Optus Prime rides that rocket right into space, and <laughs> <laughs> you know the worst part of it is that would have been a good uh, par- a good episode to watch, like in preparation to this, if you were going to watch one random other episode. But that's the but what happens in that episode is the theme song now. <laughs> Very true. Which he would know if he listened to the podcast. <laughs> We're talking about it. I've listened to every episode, guys. There you go. We'll put we'll put him to the test at the end. We'll have him and Kendall do a duet. <laughs> no, I'm in the theme. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, enough putting our guests on the spot here. We <laughs> got an episode. Um, so yes. Uh, as Tarantulas and Megatron are having their discussion, uh, Optimus and the other Maximals uh, get his attention. Uh, well, Quickstrike shows up and he's all like, yo, boss. He's like, shut yeah. up, Quickstrike. 
and Optimus is like, maybe you should listen to him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Megatron, of course, is saying, I'm rather busy securing this alien base at the moment, Primal, but I'm sure I'll have time for you later. To which Optimus says, hit him hard and points his gun and everybody goes to shoot. And as they do, there's a force field that Tarantulas activates and bounces all their fire back at them. To which we then get all the Maximals jumping off the rocks and trying not to get hit. I just love um, Tarantulas' like, <laughs> reaction to that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Megatron was pretty pleased with that as well and then he goes ahead and uses his garage door opener and manages to get the door open on the alien ship because as it turns out the big symbol that was on the disc meant door open apparently <laughs> it said Belak <laughs> <laughs> is this more Harry Potter talk I was uh, going to guess it was Klingon. No, that's Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, great. We're bringing so in references. another. It's, it's track. Speak. Well, we got this D&D guy on our podcast, <laughs> and uh, that was, when I played D&D, that was every single time there was a door with a password, uh, the <laughs> ranger in our party would say, I, w- I approach the door and say, Balak. <laughs> it never works. Ever. <laughs> well, I mean, I never is a strong word. Just because well, he's well, saying most, a word. <laughs> most DMs are not going to hand it to you that easy. Most. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Kendall, would you be the DM that would? I mean, yes. Uh, but then there would be... <laughs> I mean, unless it was actually supposed to be a riddle. I mean, if it's just a door. Sometimes the door wouldn't even be locked. Yeah. <sighs> Those are my favorite moments playing D&D, where it's like, I do ten investigation checks, the door is already open. Mm. Yeah. I'm gonna lock this door, um, the door is not locked. <laughs> I, ca- I cast knock. Well, the door was open, so... In fact, there goes you your spell slot. <laughs> Dang it, that's why you, that's why you uh, bring a chemist conjurer wizard that can just throw thermite. <laughs> Okay. Or you just used uh, the Bardic Knock spell, which is okay. where you just knock on the door, and then I the regret guy opens bringing it, you up D and or, <laughs> or you could cast Knock as a ritual spell and save your spell slots. <laughs> <laughs> Take ten minutes to open the door. <laughs> just hang out, you know. <laughs> oh my God, we're getting ready to transform. <laughs> Hey, oh, sorry, Greg. I'm sorry. Is there a Transformers RPG? There has to be. So, oh, sure, yeah. yeah. So, what happens next? The uh, Isn't this where uh, I wasn't paying attention uh, to the episode. Primal <laughs> tries to warn Megatron that this is yeah. too much power or something, yeah. and then Megatron's like, "I am power." Yeah, he was rather, uh, rather overly dramatic that he said that. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Oh, yes, he says the power is beyond what you can imagine. You can't control it. And Megatron says, I am power. And I was like, based on what? He's like, full of himself. He's like, really powerful. And I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I just feel like he hasn't really demonstrated that he. Yeah. But I guess a little bit because he's got the alien disc and he figured out how to use it. I guess. Yeah. In this episode, he for like five minutes, he's got some power. Yeah. So we get Rattrap and Optimus who sort of go back and forth, and Rattrap's like, well, I guess we sort of lost this one. Guess we gotta go home now. <laughs> and Optimus is like, we lose when we quit, and I'm not ready to quit. Yeah, Rattrap is 
is me, like basically. <laughs> I mean, like, I'd go, I just like, guys, I don't understand why we're going through all this trouble. Let's just go home. <laughs> so like got inside. We got an energy shield here. It's like, yeah, you know, let's let's just go home. You know, it's just see what's on worth, TV. It's just not worth the effort, you know. <laughs> Better luck tomorrow, guys. Right. <laughs> um. So from here we get Optimus uh, ordering Silverbolt and Cheetor to take Rhinox and Dinobot back to base and to try and get them back online as quickly as possible. Uh, he then asks Rattrap if there's a way to be able to take this web shield out, and Rattrap says it's tricky but doable. He's like, and then what? And we get a little discussion saying, well, Megatron's inside that tin shack, and I'm fresh out of can openers. Yeah. Which often says, well, we'll think of something. <laughs> right. Trap's like, oh, we'll think of something. That's we'll think pro. of something. <laughs> Does this mean that canonically there is canned food on uh, the Transformers homeworld? Yeah, they've, well, got, yeah. they've got canned Energon spam. <laughs> yeah, and they, they've, got, they've got like soda cans of Energon too, I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's probably is a thing that happens in the show. I remember like yeah. a in the, the 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 Mega Man uh, cartoon, and they had E tanks. He would have he would have like a can, and he would just, oh, like, that's right. Pop it, drink it. I fucking love that. Fighting robots. Ugh. Mega Man. <laughs> <laughs> what would canned Energon be called? Um, Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah, Mountain Dew Code Red. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, wait, what color is Anerjohn? I'm drawing a blank. Blue. And mostly, like, like, like blue. purplish, pinkish color. It's sometimes bluish at other times, so... It's blue in So this it's series. Baja Blast, then. Okay. Oh. That explains so, ta- so much. So Taco-, so Taco Bell is just a front for the Transformers. I gotcha. Well, I think they were, they were tied into the, uh, to the last movie or so advertising, weren't they? I'm not sure Maybe. if it was them or if it was Burger King. Oh well, I know Mountain Dew was. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they had the the uh, the pop machine in the first one that transformed yeah, into yeah. a transformer. Oh yeah, and the Xbox. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh guys, uh, there's. I think I found a better brand of Mountain Dew f- flavor of Mountain Dew is uh, Mountain Dew Voltage. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was thinking Surge too. Yeah. I used to really like Mountain Dew Voltage when I drank vodka. <laughs> oh Jesus! So yeah. Yes, welcome to welcome to Warren Beast, the podcast sponsored by Transformers, Forged to Fight, and Mountain Dew Voltage, yeah. <laughs> and J.K. Rowling. Yes. <laughs> Call me J.K. I'm. I. You know, I'm done with Harry Potter. I'm. You know. We're talking about Transformers now. I'm staying on topic. Oh, you're trying to know. You got to know when to turn it on. So what happened? I was like I said, I didn't really pay much attention to this episode. What's happened? Matt <laughs> <laughs> Trap goes now. Isn't that just Prime? And then we cut to like uh, the Predacons entering the ship. Yes. And we actually get a little exchange between Tarantulas and Megatron, who sort of wink, wink, nudge, nudge each other as everybody's they, sort of. They, yeah, I mean, this, this both, they both look at each other and then slowly look at Quick Strike. Quick Strike's like, what? And then they <laughs> kick him into the area. Yeah, they kick him <laughs> in the main sort of antechamber uh, of the room. 
expecting something to happen. Nothing actually happens. So Megatron and Tarantula Center. We don't know and, if nothing uh, happens yet because it kind of like he just he gets all scared and looks at the screen and then it goes black and then it comes back to reveal it. Yeah, yeah, that's where we probably would have gotten a commercial break, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, cuts to black, and when we come back, uh, Quickstrix still in the middle of the room, looking around. Uh, it's very Geiger-ish. Yeah, like the um. In the first Alien, when they found that ship, it looks like the ship they found. I don't oh, know. yeah. I don't know. You know. Everything doesn't look simultaneously like a penis and a vagina. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, not the alien itself. Just the ship that they found the alien eggs on. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Got a lot of tubing. Yeah, there is a lot of tubing. Yeah. Tubing, openings, holes. <laughs> If yeah. you if you imagine hard enough, everything is a penis or a vagina. <laughs> if you work hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so they're they're looking around the room. Uh, there's a sort of a big light up at the top of the like the ceiling of the room. Megatron pokes his head out and realizes that nothing's happening. So he starts approaching, and Tarantula speculates that because of their transmetal bodies, that the aliens uh, don't detect them. And we get the return of the dick beak. Oh, yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah, I was so disappointed in that. I'm like, I thought they got rid of that shit, and then, nope. Yeah. Yep. And, I mean, it's a little better in the, that apparently it's the whole thing that opens and closes. Like, so so by not, like, focusing on just that little front part, it's not as bad, but yeah, it's still yeah. unnerving it to looks, see it again. Yeah, it, it looks like they've work. messed with it's it. Yeah. <laughs> So, Trevor, just so, just so you're aware, a couple of episodes ago, we had a, a, a frank discussion about Tarantulus's anatomy. Um, <laughs> because when he transforms, his head from his beast mode sort of turns into his chest and sort of the cod piece. And right now in his beast mode, he's sort of talking out of his cod piece, almost. Yeah. So hence, hence the term dick beak. You know, so. what's, funny is, what's funny is you guys said call it a dick beak because of that. I just called it a dick beak because it looks like a talking dick. <laughs> Which is, it's just interesting that the, the two happen to coincide. I realized that last week that it's, that's the, the anatomy part, but, uh, you know, I normally, I wouldn't have, in, in, in principle, I wouldn't have an issue with the, with the, that part of the, with the, the cod piece talking. Uh, but the fact that it, the fact that it kind of looks like a dick when it talks like that, and it looks it's unsettling. Yeah, the the, the I do think that they've like added more. I, I feel like every single episode they add they get more RAM on their computer or something because every <laughs> single episode the models are slightly better than the than yeah. before. So, um, well, I so, know every time I've seen a dick talk, it looks like that. So. <laughs> So, agree. Yeah, it's not as it's not as unsettling in this episode as as the previous time that they had that. Um, but yeah, I it's it's like yep, it's still a thing. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, moving on from the talking dick. Greg just sounds so defeated. <laughs> I get defeated every episode. <laughs> it's par for the course, really. Yeah. <sighs> But yes, I'm 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 watching the talking dick talking to the talking dinosaur, and then as you do, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> Megatron transforms and sees basically had enough and figures that the aliens aren't going to do anything. And sure enough, they don't. He's just looking around the room and sort of observing things. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Quick Strike had a weird line. I think he said something to the effect of that it was a weird bunkhouse, didn't he? At one point. Yeah, I think I think at the very beginning when when they come back from the commercial, he he says something about it. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, I do remember one other line because Tarantulas when he says that that uh, their new forms have made them invisible to the aliens. Uh, he they then say more accurately, we are one of them now. Yeah, or we are it, one with them now. They've got some of the alien DNA in their transmittal bodies, I guess. Yeah. Which is a pretty cool concept. Yeah. So well, he calls he calls it a bug house, by the way, is what oh, okay. uh Quick Strike said. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Well there's lots of bugs in it right now. Yeah. I mean one yeah. one bug is half snake, but yeah. <laughs> Not to derail this again, but this whole, like, bio-robot kind of thing is very uh, Evangelion. Oh, yeah. yeah. It does have some parts to it. We've mentioned Ava on the show before. Didn't we have, like, a, an yeah. album art that was, like, Evangelion or something like that? Oh, yeah. back with the uh, the Starscream episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Star- Starscream Ghost, uh, once again, possessed a... Uh, Angel, and <laughs> it was kind of disturbing. Yeah. Get in, get inside the middle, of gorilla Shinji. Damn <laughs> <laughs> it, Shinji! Oh, poor Shinji. <laughs> it's been a while since I saw any any Eva. If if, if you like Evangelion, you should t- check out. Let me tell you about Evangelion on AudioEntropy.com. I was just going to say it's been a while since I finished listening to that because it's oh I, through I, the entire series. Oh, I actually have listened to that. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. We'll be happy to hear that. Yeah, I um. Luke and Ashley. Oh yeah, I oh they were abs- they were great. I uh, decided it was high time I rewatched that show, and I was like, you know what, I need a podcast to uh, listen along with this. So I uh, <laughs> found them, and uh, it was just what I needed. Yeah, it's, I know how that so is. Awesome. Yeah, they, they, if you really like Luke and Ashley, you should check out Cosmic Call because that's like a good audience. Yeah, that's just their personalities. Although they're playing characters, they really yeah it's, yeah. It's really, it's like a improv character show that they that they yeah. do right. Like they've they've created a story and they're just working with it with the characters they created, which yeah. is pretty good if you ask me. Yeah, like I I always like it. No, so, yeah, well, they're, they're they're very talented and they have a really good chemistry and yeah. <laughs> Adding that to my want to listen list now. What is that? Cosmo- uh, Cosmic, Cosmic Call. call. Cosmic yeah. Call, okay. Again, on AudioEntropy.com. <laughs> cool. We are shilling everything this episode. <laughs> like, we're going to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. At least we're shilling ourselves this time. That's like true. Our, our network. Yeah. <laughs> I shilled myself three times yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> The only way I can go to sleep anymore. It's just <laughs> so. Do we get to the part where they he gets the chair yet? That's what happens no, next, no, right? Not quite yet. Okay, what happens next? With uh, Optimus and Rat Trap first, yes. right? Optimus and Rat Trap, they're outside and they are setting up charges at two of the devices that were planted last episode into the ground. And Rat Trap basically says, "Yep, yeah, if we set these on opposite ends and blow it up, it'll take down the web." 
and then and then Optimus gives him a DreamWorks face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird. <laughs> His well, lucky form is still kind of jarring. Well, I was gonna say yeah. if you have if you were watching on a lower definition, then like I don't even know if you'd be able to see the DreamWorks face because his face is a fucking mess of color. It's just blotchy <laughs> blue shit. Ah, I, I've gone off on it before. I don't need to do it again. <laughs> yeah. So we come back inside, and Tarantulas is working at some sort of a a console. Uh, it's like an alien device inside this room that they've been in. Uh, he he doesn't like the the fact that the aliens haven't shown themselves. His whole purpose was this whole thing was was to try and get some revenge on the aliens for what they did. He's kind of upset that they haven't showed themselves yet. Um, he manages to to interface with this big device and presses a button, and it activates a pillar in the center of the room which lowers and we have a spot for the golden disc interface. Yeah, the disc drive. <laughs> yep. It's just another disc drive. So in, instead of would you say that Megatron's is like a CD-ROM drive and this would be like a, a zip drive or something like that or Well, I think his is an internal and this one's an external. Yeah, I suppose that works. If we're going to be quoting 90s technology, I guess that works. <laughs> But yes, he he hauls out the disc, looks at it for a moment, and this is the scene where we get, uh, as you mentioned, Jordan, uh, he he kisses the disc and then puts it in. And as soon as he puts it in, yeah, as soon as he puts it in, there's this green light that shoots from the ceiling and envelops him. He seems to be sort of yelling out in pain. Quick Strike goes to, to try and rescue him, but he can't get through the green light. So it's sort of like this force field. And as they're panicking inside, uh, Rattrap manages to detonate the bombs and disables the web. Tarantulas realizes what's going on, and he basically tells Quick Strike they need to go and stop the Maximals from getting the ship because, you know, better that the Predacons have it than them. And Quick Strike, of course, is like, well, what about Megatron? And Tarantula's like, he will survive or not. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that's really what, matter. What's important is go after them. Sorry? Yeah. That's, I was just going to say, that's one thing I've always loved about the Decepticons is that <clears throat> Megatron's uh, cronies are willing to abandon him at the drop of a hat. Always. <laughs> yeah, there's like... It's especially in this this series. There's always only just like one or two characters that are fanatically loyal. All the others are just, uh, you know, like in it for themselves. Yeah, Tarantulas. I mean, like at this point, isn't even like technically on the team. Oh yeah, allying Megatron. Yeah, we get we get that little. Not that this wouldn't have happened with Terrasaur. It would have been the same situation. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We get uh, Kendall. This is the part where we. Once uh, Quickstrike and Tarantulas leave, uh, the light shuts off, and we then get what turns out to be a command chair uh, coming from the ceiling and lowers right in front of Megatron. I thought it was an alien for the first. Like, those were eye stocks. Mm. And I was like, oh, cool. These things look cool. I'm like, oh, it's, it's just a chair. Okay. <laughs> it's an alien chair, so I guess that sort of works. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but yeah. So... We cut yeah, back outside. 
Oh, it's sorry. More, I was going to say it's more weird looking as compared to the last command chair we saw with the uh, floating island. Oh, that's true. Yeah. The one with the floating island was more like a throne, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Trevor, we do mean the floating island from Sonic 3. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said it so I didn't have to ask. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we, we've got back outside. Uh, Rat Trap is talking to Optimus, asking how they're going to manage to get inside. Um, yeah, he's like, well, that was my plan. What's yours? Yeah. Um, and Optimus, of course, is like, well, we could try knocking. And Rat Trap's like, yeah, like Meg is going to invite us in for oil and cookies. Not that he couldn't <laughs> use a snack. Oil and cookies sounds really gross. It does. Yeah. Like, even, even like, a, with the, with the, assuming it's a, machine thing that just sounds gross yeah <laughs> um well actually, actually what happens is he says like we'll just ask them for oil and cookies and then the door opens and then he says like well not that i couldn't use a snack yeah. <laughs> as in like okay so that did work <laughs> not that they had not yet and of course as soon as the door opens tarantulas and quickstrike start shooting at them and Raja's like oh this is the party i was expecting <laughs> we got a pretty cool line from optimus because they're hiding behind a rock and Optimus manages to pull out his maces and turns on yeah. his little surfboard, and he's like, let's mingle. <laughs> I like this little action scene a lot, and the whole, like, yeah. Rat Trap's like, right behind you, big buddy, and they, like, it's jobs drops on, jumps on the board, and they charge towards, and he's, like, he's, like, deflecting lasers with his maces, and, like, so cool. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that's one of the things I kind of really like, is that the, um, the new transmetals have, like, like their weapons, even if they're just melee weapons, seem to be able to deflect energy yeah. Uh, weapons. Yeah, like, I think cause... I think I think uh, Cheater was able to do that with like his spike tail thing mm-hmm. at one point. His tail whip sword thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, Brad Trap sort of did it with his an- energy um, and lowers people's defenses. Yeah. yeah, so it's pretty handy if you're a transmetal right now. <laughs> Buy the new toys. <laughs> <laughs> Altoyetic. <laughs> so yes. the the ship starts to like uh, starts to rise, and Quick Strike's like, "Oh, we got to get off of this thing." And I'm like, "I don't know why. Why don't you just go back inside?" Yeah. Okay. yeah. And then <laughs> and they jump off, and then um, it starts to rise, and a big giant fucking gun shoots Primal and a uh, rat trap out of the sky. Yeah, it knocks out Primal, and Rat Trap gets knocked in behind some rocks. The the ship is now, I want to say, like, 100 feet in the air, maybe. It's quite sure. high up there. Um, and there's a green sort of energy wave that emanates from it. It manages to lift Tarantulas and Quickstrike, as well as all the unconscious Predacons, and then Optimus, into the air. And this yeah, is where we see, this is where we learn that actually, uh, that actually Megatron is Zordon from the Power Rangers movie. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie yet. You've seen the trailer, though. Does that happen in a trailer where he lifts everybody up? No, no. He's the, he looks like Zordon. He's the face out of the wall. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, because what we get here is once they're all lifted up into the air, uh, Megatron's face literally forms into the side of the ship. Like, the ship's wall morphs into his head. Uh, his, yeah. 
<laughs> yes, this is my Mount Rushmore reference from earlier. Um, well, we learn later, though, that this is just something Megatron likes to do. Yeah, apparently. It's pretty full of himself, really. So. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Also, did we oh. mention how like there's a little stem thing underneath the... That's no, the big yeah, it looks yeah. Really like a mushroom or one of the flowers from the from the previous the earlier. Yeah, earlier. Oh episode. yeah, interesting. I, mean, I didn't think of that. If I'm being 100 percent honest, if I <laughs> if I got control of this ship, the first thing I'm doing is plastering my face over the, the side of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> like if that I mean, was like a button that says "Have face morphed into the side of it," that's the first button you would press. Oh heck yeah. <laughs> But yeah, he manages to have a conversation with Tarantulas. Uh, Tarantulas congratulates him on uh, making the ship his weapon. It's a good uh, job, buddy. <laughs> and he's like, indeed. And having done so, our alliance is now terminated. And from there, oh, he drops Tarantulas. Predacons betraying each other? What? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, Tarantulas, you know. Has a pretty big fall. Um, Megatron then pulls the others in and tells them tells them to bring uh, Optimus with them. And he revives the ones that were knocked out. Yes. He's nice got little healing. Yeah. Get that nice other, little healing feature. That other and spider. Yeah. I have a question. Yep. <laughs> it's been. I maybe it's more of an observation. I don't know. Uh, but why do like? Female coded robots always have boobs. <laughs> Don't we know that they are females? It's like, but I they're ro- they're I know. Ro- it, <laughs> it's like up there. It, it's a thing that just weirds me out, probably. But it's like it's up there with me for like uh, a boobs on armor. Yeah, oh, yeah boobs on, on armor is stupid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like to be to be fair, RC in both G one and uh, in Prime doesn't have. She's got like kind of a angular chest, but she doesn't have specifically boobs. Yeah. yeah, and Air Razor, uh, who unfortunately is no longer in the show, didn't exactly have boobs so much as as a kind of like a angled chest plate kind of thing. So sort yeah. of like the but chest yeah, of I an mean, actual like, bird. But why why Black Rackney has them or other Fembots? I mean. Aesthetics, I guess. <laughs> and to, to be fair, uh, Tarantulas was the one that programmed uh, and provided the form for her. So, <laughs> so, so Tarantulas is just a pervert. Yeah. Yeah, he is literally yeah. talking out of a dick, so... That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mind control thing he had for a while with her. And, yeah. a, a lot like the character designers of this show, am I right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have. I, I don't have a problem with uh, with robot boobs myself. I I mean I feel like of course you don't anytime handle. you're yeah I know I'm a terrible human being whatever I don't care. Um, but uh, I don't know I feel like you're anthropomorphizing uh, care like the the whole concept of a humanoid robot is kind of weird. Like if if you're you know so the fact that there are certain anatomical features, especially like I mean yeah I mean. Yeah, you say like you, know, you got to know that it's a well. I mean, I guess what what else are they going to do to make them look female? Like, are they going to? I mean, are they going to? I, mean, I guess you could make them it, a little more curvy, with, but then that's also weird. Or give them long hair? Like, I don't know. They did it with, they did it with RC and uh, and Aerator. 
Oh, all right. But I mean, like, I, I personally don't have a problem with the, the metal. I mean, it doesn't ruin <laughs> it, the show or anything for me. It's just something that I've always found weird. Yeah, it's a little. Again, I think it's yeah. just aesthetics. Um, I think you're like, overthinking uh, it. It's anthropomorphization. <laughs> I, I think the question we should be asking is not why do we have boobs on robots and not why don't the boy robots have giant schlongs just hanging? <laughs> yeah, you know what? <laughs> Isn't that isn't that that in that game you were telling me about? <laughs> <laughs> Which game? I'm confused now. The the one with the girls kissing robots. Oh yeah, oh, um, that's not a game. That, that that wasn't a game. Yeah, that was a that was a comic and a toy line. So I could, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think they had that. They just had girls <laughs> and their panty shots and like wet shirts and covered in oil and all other things. Because you know, again, male gaze. <laughs> Didn't Megatron have tentacles in that? Oh, those could be uses. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Yeah. We didn't want to know I, either. Unfortunately, I re- was asked I regret, a question. I regret bringing this up at all. <laughs> Look, the tentacle porn episode was last week. <laughs> yeah, there was tentacle stuff last week. Yeah, 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 yeah. They definitely <laughs> stuck a tentacle up Ares's butt. That definitely happened. Do you think? Do you think Samuel L. Jackson watches Tentacle Hentai? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I believe he said he did. So I am. I believe him. <laughs> well, good, good. So, Greg. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, we get. God, where was I? Oh yes, um, Rat Trap. He's sort of beside himself at this point, quite literally, uh, as he watches the ship disappear. It sort of teleports away. And he's like, well, what's the worst that could happen now? And then Tarantulas points a gun at him. And he's like, oh, I have to ask. So <laughs> I knew that we, was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. We uh, then cut to the top of the, the mountain that uh, Inferno had found, the, the golden disc originally. And the ship has teleported there. And I don't know yeah. if that's like the because of the human uh, need to like put things into other like you know like if you see a hole and you have a thing that can fit into that hole to put it in there. But this thing looks like it would fit perfectly in that circle, and I kept wanting it to do that and didn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it was either going to float down into the hollow mountain or like rest on top of it. But no, it doesn't. Nope. It just floats there, aggravating yeah. people like me. <laughs> <laughs> but yes so we we then cut inside we've got optimus who's hanging by uh he's got a couple of cables wrapped around his arms and so we're bonded yeah bound once more some shibari action nice <laughs> <laughs> um from here we then have inferno who you know is like oh yes this is the mountain where i got the disc and Megatron, they're all sort of looking at a screen, viewing out. I don't know how there's a camera that's able to show them the perspective that they're seeing on the screen. Imagine Maybe um, it's like a little yeah. flower spore, and those are its eyes and ears. Yeah, I suppose so. I'm, I'm glad Inferno said that, because I would have had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Black Arachnia asks what they're doing there, and why, why they aren't attacking the Maximals. Um, Megatron says... You know, patience, my dear spider. Let them prepare the defenses. It will Megatron give says, time. because we wouldn't stand a chance against them. There's too many of them. We have to run. 
and take over Cybertron. And then once we've completely taken over Cybertron, then we can take out the four Maximals. <laughs> Which That's is the strategy, the case. right? Um, because Megatron orders Waspinator and Inferno. Uh, well, rather, he says he has a most important job for them. Waspinator's well, real excited about it. Yeah, he is. He's yeah. like, ooh, Waspinator get an important job. He's happy to be useful. Yeah. Or Waspinator. So we. We we then cut to the Axelon, and we've got Cheetor and Silverbolt both uh, working their consoles. And Silverbolt says that they would have more luck finding the alien the horror with his nose. It's two guys in a room working the consoles. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know how it is. <laughs> this bros, you bros. Anyway. Um, Rhinox wakes up and comes out of the CR chamber and, of course, makes mention that he's getting sick of waking up in the slag in our chamber. To which Dinobot says, well, better that than the scrap heap. And he gets some out to himself a little bit. He's like, I'm clever. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dinobot asks what the situation is, to which Cheetor's like, would you believe we're not sure? Yeah, it's pretty believable, actually. <laughs> yeah. Of course, it still, you know, gets Dinobot kind of cranky, but then they get an alert that there are two units incoming. One is Rat Trap, and the other is Tarantulas. And my uh, subtitle just says Tarantulas. <laughs> <laughs> so many tarantulas are approaching the base. <laughs> oh my god, so many spiders! Yeah, I honestly, by this point in the episode, had, like, I didn't know what was going on either. So, um, like, how did they, why did they, uh, what was the significance of, of, Rat trap and and tarantulas like somehow being separate from the rest of the maximals, and then the maximals are suddenly in their base. Like, do they teleport to their base? Wait, 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 whoa, no, whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, 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 Hey, like, like a long time, like Silverbolt and Cheetor took the maximals to the base like a long oh, time ago. I yeah. okay, I was not paying attention during the episode or during this episode. Apparently, um, <laughs> yeah, and and like so, like yeah. <laughs> so is that if that, if that covers that the makes problem. more yeah. but so, well then why didn't they take well then why didn't they take Rat Trap? Well Rat Trap was, wasn't injured. Was, yeah, he was yeah. up in mobile like uh primal. Uh, so and well, Rhinox and Dinobot were down, so the flyers went okay. and took um except for like Alex because they didn't need both all the flyers to go. Well then what yeah. was the significance of, of Rat Trap not getting pulled in the in the energy thing? So that he could save I mean, the red, so he could save Optimus later. I mean, like, obviously, like, he was kind of behind a yeah. rock, so I guess the energy thing didn't, like, pick right. him up, and, which is I've, silly, but whatever. And and then, like, Tarantulas is there, and he wants to get in the ship, so he's like, Rat Trap, take me to the Maximals. I'll help you guys get in so that he can get in, because he wants to, mm. you know, do his own thing. Yeah. I need to make sure I watch these episodes twice. There's just... <laughs> I don't know. This this uh, this was just a uh, this was just an episode that did not hold my attention, and it was also weird. I really liked this episode because I really liked last week's episode, but it just didn't. I don't know what it was. I just like I was just. I think I was just like sitting there. I was like, why can't the? I just want the Beast War. I want this to be about the Beast Wars. I wanted this to be about the Maximals. Fighting the Predacons. These alien stuff is just so freaking, like... Well, it's still that. But it's like, it's I just, don't know, the alien stuff is just... It just doesn't do it for me. Well, it doesn't really do it for Optimus either, anytime he gets tied up. 
I don't think it does do it for him. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, like, him and Rhinox were, like, you know, having some of their own. Uh, yeah, but that was Rhinox. That's, yeah, okay. So it's fine when Rhinox does it. It's true. Because, I mean, it's all about trust. So it's true. You're right. I, sh- I should be so fast. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Anyway, so we, we've cut back to, to Waspinator and Inferno now, who are carrying a couple of boxes. Uh, Waspinator begrudgingly saying that uh, he doesn't think that this mission was all that important. And Inferno's sucking up as usual, saying that every job for the royalty is a gift. <laughs> and then he manages to spray Waspinator with his jet a little bit and then zooms off. We then cut back to the Axelon, and we've got Tarantulas, who's being uh, faced off by all the other Maximals. Um, he essentially says that they're wasting their time, and that if they give him access to the scanners, that he'll find their alien base. To which Dinobot is then saying, or make us vulnerable to attack by it, and then holds his sword up to his neck. Yeah. And he says, I say we eliminate him now. Tarantulas defends uh, himself, saying that if Megatron was going to attack the base, he would have done so already. And Cheetor is like, fuck that, kill him. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, Rhinox and Rattrap have a little, little back and forth. And Rattrap's like, eh, well, it's more like Tarantulas brought me here with him. And that all he knows is that Optimus is inside the alien shift, ship, rather, and uh, that right now the spider's the best chance of getting him back. So, Rhinox looks at Tarantulas, pushes a couple of buttons, and says, Okay, do it. Carefully. And I have a feeling that Rhinox would have had a gun ready just in case he wasn't being careful. uh, Dinobot's got his sword. Yeah. So, Tarantulas starts accessing the console, and, of course, has to make an insult along the way, saying that their scanning is is pitiful, and that they didn't learn anything from the alien disc, but that they he's able to bring up the, the alien base and find out where it is, and then he detects uh, two signals. Uh, Rhinox tells him to scan the flyers, and he says that he can't because there's transwarp signatures detected, to which then he realizes, oh shit, they have transwarp cells, so we got to attack them right away. He Because so, he pretty much figures out what's going to happen almost immediately. Yeah. So we, we've got back to the alien ship now, and we've got Black Arachnia announcing that they've managed to hardwire the transwarp cells to the ship. Um, Optimus has now woken up, and Megatron explains to him he wouldn't want him to miss their voyage home. And Optimus was like, you're taking this back to Cybertron? He's like, you can't. And he's like, who knows what the aliens might do if they become aware of Cybertron? And Megatron's like, let them in time. I will destroy them as I will your precious Maximals and the Autobots too. And your little dog too. (laughs) (laughs) Which I find kind of odd because I think didn't they mention at some time like there haven't been any like uh, Decepticon slash or maybe he meant that the I'm just remembering when uh, Black Arachnia was saying like Bombshell wasn't a uh, was it was a Decepticon from way back when? Yeah, they so said that, that they, they they made a reference to the Predacons being descended from the Decepticons. I don't Which believe that Autobots a- were specifically there, but yeah, it might also be that they like a 
that they're an offshoot of the of the Decepticons. Okay, yeah. Okay. Like, and how do how do I, how I would explain it is that like the Decepticons did like the, the predic- they probably made the Predacons and the Autobots probably made the Maximals, but they're still around. And she says it's a Decepticon from way back then, just because. Decepticons are still around doesn't mean every Decepticon's still around, right? Like, right, probably right, okay. Still from several hundred years ago. So something could have happened to them, or maybe they don't... Maybe they're not immortal. Like, I don't know how, how long the lifespan is of Transformers. It's very long, but... Yeah, okay. Um, So that's probably how, what happened there. And so he's saying that, like, Autobot's still on Cybertron, which isn't... I didn't know that, so that's cool. Yeah. But, and yeah. then Optimus is like, You're mad! Optimus maximize, and then Megatron's like, "Oh my god, I didn't think of that. I didn't think. Oh my god, like so clever. You got out of it. Oh man, like ooh, you got me, Optimus. No, he didn't. Of course, he doesn't get out. Why did you think that would work? He <laughs> no. manages to stop him and zap him with the electrical current through the the wires. It's no fun um, if you can get out. Yeah, no, no, it doesn't. No, you can't. You can't transform out of it. You just need." The the smallest gun that anyone has to shoot the restraints, and then and then you'll be fine. Exactly. He can't reach his restraints, and none of the other Decept- or Predacons would and, shoot. And and, 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 and and like Megatron, like again, like Optimus has no way of shooting them without touching them. Um, and Megatron wasn't paying attention to the restraints when Rat Trap shot. Them, so that's all come to find out. But yeah, yes, ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Um. So. He manages to stop that, and then we then see the Maximals attack the ship. Uh, Inferno reports to Megatron that the Maximals are attacking, and Optimus well, and, says... And Megatron mentions, like, I'm going to take the ship to Cybertron and convince the, Pred- the Predacon Alliance to attack, you know, to, to, to conquer. So it sounds like the Predacon Alliance is a thing that is currently in a truce with the Maximals and Autobots, and... Megatron was an off sh- was was a was a rogue agent of that, so he's, he yeah. does, he doesn't represent all Predacons. So it kind of so, makes more sense why Dinobot kind of maybe went for the maybe went along with them to begin with, but then like after Megatron was like too fanatical about it and wrong, or at least he thought he was, um, sided with the Maximals, and then slowly get to realize that maybe they're not so different kind of stuff, and that's why he's he, he's he's really still a Predacon. Just Predacon, not all Predacons are bad, clearly, yeah, or at least they aren't as bad as Megatron. Mm-hmm. So truly is not all Predacons. Truly is. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not all Predacons. <laughs> That's interesting. Kendall, Kendall, you can probably get behind that. I, yeah, well, I mean, except for, except for the idea that Megatron's bad. I mean, I think it's, I would take it as more of a, there's a, there's a, you know, there are persecuted class and Megatron is the more, is the more militant faction of that uh megatron is malcolm x as opposed to like martin luther king uh, or something <laughs> so dinobot would be like the martin luther king um no dinobot's more dinobot's an uncle tom he's not even oh jesus <laughs> oh, no. i was gonna say it would have worked perfect because dinobot wants to perform the funerals <laughs> this is uh this is a. Uh, a milestone for humanity. The first yeah. time the uh, Transformers has been used as an analogy for the civil rights movement. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, I, I think, doubt that's the case. That's I, think that, I think that so. if you had listened to this epi- to this podcast, I think that we've got a. I mean, maybe not, maybe not so overtly. That is probably the first time. I, that is the first time I've used the term Uncle Tom. But that's kind. Of, I mean, that's yeah. basically what it is. He's the he's that guy from uh from the, the from the uh from that show with the black people in it from the Boondocks. Boondocks. Oh my god! Um, You're saying he's Uncle Ruckus. He's Uncle Ruckus. Yeah. No, because like. So Megatron is Malcolm X and in his he's Predacon heritage. Like, yeah. He's shown that. I, I don't know. know. Like you're a little harsh on him, but like Megatron <laughs> is trying to conquer the universe. He's not trying to like free you know Predacons from subjugation. It's a little I mean different. that's your interpretation. <laughs> that's what he said. Those were his words. <laughs> <laughs> so freeing them from subjugation means that he controls the entire world. Simple as that. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the world is a mess, and I just have to rule it. No, don't compare him to the amazing Billy. Okay. <laughs> anyway, yes. So the the Maximals are attacking the ship. Uh, we've got Dinobot and uh, Rhinox, who are both attacking the the sort of the base of the ship. Uh, Silverbolt then manages to to shoot a couple of missiles and actually does a fair amount of damage to it yeah uh, when he does that they like shoot a hole into like the little bottom stem thing yeah um we then get the the predacons who pop out of the ship and engage the maximals uh which is apparently part of a plan because dinobot says we brought them out now fall back so i do she- like how uh black Arachia does like a diving jump from a yeah. from a web line. Yeah, that was and, a cool sequence when they get out of the. It was pretty sweet, like. And Quick yeah. Strikes just goes like yeehaw and slides down the the web that she used. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a cool like you know, like Avengers Assemble type moment where like, like all the, all the <laughs> in this case it's all the villains battle. they all pop out into battle. It's a cool little moment. Yeah. Um, while all of them are distracted. Uh, Tarantulas and Rat Trap manage to sneak into the ship. Uh, Tarantulas points Rat Trap in the right direction, to which Tarant- uh, Rat Trap says, okay, lead the way, and no funny business. And as he looks back, Tarantulas is gone. So he pulled the Batman. Yep. To be fair, he did the funny stuff before he was told not to do the funny stuff, so... Yeah. <laughs> if he had heard that, he totally wouldn't have. He'd be like, oh, man! Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, it's like swiper no swiping. <laughs> <laughs> only that it only works if you say it before. But yes, so um, Megatron is in the control room. He says, "Ah, yes, now to play my final card." And he winds up pressing some buttons and tells the ship to start beginning a teleport sequence. Uh, he says, "In a few nano clicks, we'll be on our way." And then we get Rat Trap, who appears on the scene, says, what, without saying goodbye? Gee, I'm hurt. Megatron's like, I have no time for you, vermin. And Rat Trap, surprisingly enough, is kind of brave in this scene where because he says, make time. And he winds up shooting his gun. Of course, he misses Megatron. I'm saying Rat Trap's a badass. <laughs> and uh, Megatron says, you should have made your shots count. And then we get a pretty badass line from Optimus because in the background he says, oh, he did. <laughs> so we see that Megatron looks back, realizes that Primal is no longer tied up. And we've got Optimus down on the floor, uh, sort of looking pretty impressed and says that Rattrap's timing is perfect. 
uh, and uh, Optimus then gets on a surfboard again and manages to knock Megatron out of his chair. I don't know what else to call it. I'm pretty sure it's just surfboard. Yeah, it's a surfboard. I mean, yeah. you're right. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a silver surfer. <laughs> well, Cobalt silver and blue surfer. Yeah. N- nor in red, the cobalt and blue surfer. Red <laughs> in the space waves. <laughs> you know, I had a thought about this. Um, because rebooted this time, weren't they sort of in that season where they were getting attacked by the web creatures? I think so. And they so. met a surfer? Yeah. Oh, and there was a web surfer, yeah. 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 So they seem to have a thing for surfing. Well, the, to- the, the, the toy makers designed Optimus. They didn't. Yeah. Yeah. True enough. I mean, they got surfing the idea surfing definitely had a resurgence in the nineties. I think that's yeah. that's a thing. And also the the it, it, surfing the web and the idea of virtual reality surfingness the that like that like that like uh, concept of the web. You know the you know what reboot was like the concept that that the internet is a is a physical place that you can travel to. And you can surf on a surfboard was definitely like a concept that was played with in a lot of um, science fiction and stuff. So, uh, yeah. Spider-Man Clone Saga, they literally transport to the digital world, uh, and and like there's like bad guys that Itch-a-mon. come from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, in well, Spider, but this was before Digimon. So Digimon stole from the Spider-Man Clone Saga. Sure, <laughs> I see. Yeah, interesting take. But yes, so um, we then wind up getting uh, a bit of a face-off between Optimus and Megatron, who's just transformed back into his T-Rex mode. This is, this is a cool fight. It's a fucking robot yeah. T-Rex and, and and gorilla wrestling in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Megatron... It's hard to describe... Well, I'll try and describe it the best that I can. Megatron essentially uses his his bottom legs to grab onto Optimus's sort of torso. And, and Optimus is like reaching for Megatron's neck with his hands and they're like grappling back and forth. And yelling. Megatron's like trying to like hit him with his tail, like his clampy tail and yeah. and snaps at him with because he can't use his tiny T Rex arms. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> um Optimus orders Rat Trap to take out the command chair, so Rat Trap winds up shooting in the chair and destroying it. I do like there was that moment where Rat Trap was like trying to decide who like if he should shoot or not and trying to get a lead yeah, on sorry. Megatron. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't just destroy the chair, he fucking splinters it. It's like in, in Golden Eye when you shoot a table enough it just becomes splinters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it's yeah. because it's because like this this ship is like made of glass. Like, <laughs> in, it, it is way too easy to do damage to the ship. Like it was supposed to be some sort of threat, and it just is like, yeah, it is just ridiculously fragile. Well, maybe the ship is a glass cannon. Maybe they didn't have the shields up yet. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, <sighs> I still think that basically uh, Megatron mistakes it for one of the other weapons that he expected. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, maybe it's just it's just like I mean that should have been like it, I mean really what happened was. They had they wanted this big this big threatening thing, but it was a twenty minute show, and so you didn't have time for them to have like a smart scheme 
of how they're going to infiltrate it or how the, or the you know the one weakness or the whatever so they just had to be like okay we're just going to shoot it a bunch and if the you enemy shoot of thing, all spaceships <laughs> of all super women's time slots yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean like they i mean they could have had it so that they shot the ship and megatron was like oh those guys are annoying but Go 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 deal with them and just not have them actually be doing any damage though kind of mm-hmm. thing right because I mean yeah. the, the, they shouldn't just leave them alone shooting at the ship outside anyways even if it's like not doing any damage because they could capture them like yeah. yeah yeah or like or like yeah if they'd have, if they'd have, um if they'd have if they'd have attacked if there had been like an attack outside the ship where they're not really doing any damage but Megatron has to pay attention to them and then uh, Tarantula sneaks in somehow and. And messes with the uh, does what he does to blow it up, which is mess with the transwarp stuff, and then yes. and then and then you know explodes the thing. But they would have to they would have had to take in an extra thirty seconds of exposition. And I mean, this was a dense episode. I blinked a couple times and didn't understand what was going on. So <laughs> I I'm yeah. glad they didn't make it a three parter because I want more of the one parters. I want you know. Less, I'm. I want less continuity, but like, I mean, this was a dent. This was a really dense episode. They really, I mean, I don't know where they would have found the time, but it's just like, it's just it. It really seemed like, and this, ha- I mean, this happens a lot in these kinds of in these kinds of shows where you have something that's a big threat, and then they're like, oh crap, we only have, you know, we only have two minutes to wrap this up. We gotta, you know, we gotta figure out what how to how to wrap it up. You know, because the build and then the build up is huge, and then the payoff is just kind of yeah. But although uh, the the Optimus Megatron fight was probably one of the stronger in the series, that's true. But yeah, it, they're they're sort of still grappling back and forth uh, after uh, Rattrap destroys the chair because uh, the countdown is sort of being marked off on the golden disc that's still in the uh, the the drive, I guess I'll call it. Um, we then get Tarantulas who. Uh, slides down one of his uh, web strands uh, from the ceiling of the ship and uploads a virus into the transwarp cells. I think it's the same virus that he used in the other voices episode. He calls it data tracks Viron. Yes. Yeah. So there's a reference to the other episode that Trevor wound up watching. <laughs> there you go. So it all comes full Wait. circle. Wait, we were supposed to watch a, an episode no, no. other than that one? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was wondering. God, I was, I've just been I've just been sitting back waiting for us to get to that one. I. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we then get um. Megatron winds up using his jets to sort of uh shoot into Optimus's face, and he goes flying off. Uh. Once the cells have the the virus uploaded, the ship starts reacting. Tarantula drives out of the ship, and Rattrap's like, "Uh, okay, shit's up." So he's calling out to Optimus. Optimus is almost roping Megatron in, in a way, like he's sort of rubbing at his face, and Megatron charges in. And there's a power conduit that Optimus is floating in front of that. So when he ducks, Megatron sort of bites into the conduit and gets zapped. Um, although it doesn't really take him out for long. And the, the disc, the counter sort of ends. Megatron flips out and exits the room. Rattrap hops onto Optimus's surfboard and they go flying out. And it's like, fire in the hole. 
So the the ship manages to to lift off into space, and before it hits the transport portal, it winds up exploding. Big old yeah. red explosion. So basically, like it was just about the transwarp away, and then it explodes. And so instead, the explosion goes through the transwarp. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's how they just Cybertron, destroy was Cybertron destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we then get a little shot of the the Maximals in the snow. Uh, Rattrop makes comment of, "Oh man, when those alien gizmos blow, they really blow." You know, if you no. know what I mean. <laughs> 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 Um, we do get a little uh, stoic Cheetor who's like, well, what about Eraser and Tigatron? And Optimus sort of pats him on the shoulder and says, if their sparks are still online, we'll get them back. And then we we pan up to uh, the sky and we see two glowing stars and then that's the end of the episode. Yeah. So Eraser and Tigatron are dead then, right? Stars. <laughs> <laughs> so there is, I mean, they're at least a death tally dead, right? Yeah, I would oh, say at least a death, death tally dead. Yeah, and that now there's stars in the sky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so that stars. is the first death for Airazor and the second death for Tigatron. Yes. Oh. So we just finished the episode. So before we get to questions, why don't we take a, a quick break and then we'll get back to it and have some questions and then we'll finish up the episode. Tigatron has had one death for each of his girlfriends. So, Jordan, I think we had a few questions for this episode, so why don't we get right into it? Yep. Uh, so, from Twitter, we got a question from Smoochella at, at uh, What is Cosplay? And they wanted to know, do any of you watch Doctor Who? And if so, which Beast Wars character would, would you most want to accompany the Time Lord on an adventure? Um, I honestly kind of haven't seen a lot. I know a little bit about Doctor Who, thanks to cultural osmosis and my friends who watch a lot. <laughs> I remember watching uh, the one with the Weeping Angels because I like Neil Gaiman and someone told me, hey, he wrote that story. Yes. Uh, he actually wrote a couple, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he wrote... That was the first one, and I think he wrote more later. Yeah. Or at least I think it was for the new series that he... That was yeah. the first one he wrote for. Yeah, um, yeah he, wrote, he wrote The Doctor's Wife, which is a weird episode. <laughs> uh, I and I was gonna say like I can't really imagine who would be the best uh, Beast Wars character to accompany him, but I could imagine how it would go with some of them. Like I could imagine Rat Trap would just be mm-hmm. one sassy, snarky sidekick uh, throughout all of it, and would just be constantly like saying, "Well, couldn't you have done this like an easier, in somehow easier way than than <laughs> any of the Red, ways he's which is it. essentially one Red. of the doctor's companions. Red, yeah, yeah. Rat trap would be the Donna Noble of uh yeah. <laughs> of the series. So um, and, and I was oh, going to say go I ahead. can imagine uh 
Silverbolt would basically just drag him into everything to try and save things when even even when he like was like maybe we should wait and see how this <laughs> plays out first. Yeah. Sorry, Kendall. You so um okay so yeah I, I think there I think that various characters would um sort of line up with different archetypes for um for for Doctor Who companions. I think <laughs> Cheetor would be sort of like in some of the classic uh, series when he had like when he had like uh, younger people with him that he was kind of educating. Um, yeah, see him being a rose with ninth doctor kind of thing. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that, um, actually I think he would have an interesting dynamic with black arachnia. Um, yeah. maybe, uh, you know, maybe a little bit suspicious. Maybe there's more going on. Um, I think that him and Dinobot would be, uh, an interesting thing. I don't think he would ever travel with Dinobot, but, but Dinobot could be a recurring, um, like, Kind of like the the soldier from uh, from Cl- from the season with Clara. I don't remember his uh, name. The boy, yeah. Clara's boyfriend. Um, yep. Yeah. So yeah, various ones. Yeah, I th- I do think I do think that I think Rat Trap has the most like he's the most sidekicky character because I mean I think that <laughs> like Optimus is the do- is is the doctor of the show. Yeah. Um, if he was with a group, if if he was, if he had like three or four people, if it was like like a like a like a classic series one, when he had like three or four companions with him, I think that Rhinox would be a good like I'm an expert on this thing companion. Yeah, like he could well, be the mechanic on the ship. and Rhinox with the Doctor would work too. It'd almost be like an Amy and Rory Rory mm-hmm. sort of dynamic too. I can see that. Have, yeah, to say, are you in the Doctor Who at all? You've been a little quiet on this question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I've never seen the show. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm uh, I'm current except for this uh, new season, which I I don't have cable anymore, so I have no way of watching it. Aww. Yeah, I missed the I missed the premiere as well. I did. I sort of trailed off a little bit after the after Matt Smith took off. Not to say that I I don't like Peter Capaldi as the Doctor, but I just I don't know. It didn't click right for me. I'm just getting tired of Moffat, to be honest. Yeah, it's just Although, well, Moffat's it's just, supposed to be done soon too, if I remember correctly. It's just so much. Capaldi is good. I like him a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. But it's I have the problem with him that I've heard a lot of people have with Smith is that he's a great doctor, but they don't. He doesn't have the best material to work with, so the yeah. whole thing kind of suffers for that. And I, I, think, I feel that a lot more with Capaldi. Yeah. So I think with the first Capaldi season uh, really suffered, but I think last season was really strong. And this yeah. uh, and this yeah. first uh, and the first episode of this season is kind of setting up to be pretty good. This season's companion, uh, Bill. I'm not sure how I feel about her, but after seeing the episode and seeing a little bit. You know, getting a little bit more depth to her character. Um, I definitely like her better than I did just like from the previews where she's like, "Oh, I look at me. I work in a kitchen." <laughs> um, so yeah, she's she's well, definitely an, an interesting uh, character. Um, also, they um, I don't think this this is it's not really treated as a reveal, but um, she she does appear to be gay. Yes. Um, so, uh, That's there's not cool. going to be that, there's yeah. not going to be that, uh, like sexual tension, assumedly that yep. you've had with 
every single other young female companion. Well, actually, what I liked about Donna was that they were just friends. That was cool. Yeah, that was great. And that's why I liked when I liked when Amy and Rory were traveling with him because because of that. Uh, but also, like, I mean, if you watch cla- the classic series, like, there are there are a lot of stretches where there is just absolutely no se- no sexual tension. Like, it's not a thing in oh, you know in, in the classic series. Like, you don't need <laughs> to have you don't need to have an attractive young girl as his primary companion. You can just have you know a a ragtag like like the like the Peter Davidson series it's sort of just like a random people that he's picks up here and there and they're not all they're not all from modern day earth either like they're yep. aliens that's one thing i really wanted or... i really wanted them to bring back too cuz he had like a he had like a basically a viking with him at one point and someone yeah. from the future mm-hmm. and yeah, I so, wish they yeah would the second do that doctor again. had somebody from the that year 2000 so cool. Yeah, you know, I'd like. I'd probably watch more if like some of the companions were like aliens, like not even human. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, he, was teaching, the... and he was teaching them about other like Earth at times. Mm-hmm. I guess the point of the companion being human though is it's supposed to be so the audience is someone to relate um, to. That's, that's well, like, true, but they could have more than one companion, one being alien. So yeah, like, I don't think they. I mean, even right. like. Jack was the closest to not being human, even though he was a human. He was just so far from the future that you could. And, it's so weird that you could like kind of see him as not that. And there are also there's the second there is a second companion in this season that's the that's the bald guy that's been going around with him that I I wasn't paying attention when they explained his origin if they ever did. He I'm was, sure uh, they did. I'm sure that they did, and I think he was in the the Christmas special if I remember correctly. Yeah, he's been he was in the Christmas that. special, and he was in a couple episodes uh, before that as well. Um, yeah. When because at one point he was kind of like there was that Saltaran guy that they were that he was going around with, and uh, and and also and also the, the the guy from Bridesmaids. Yeah, <laughs> John Hamm. <laughs> no, <laughs> D- different character from Bridesmaids. The British, her British roommate. Although, how great would that be, John Hamm on as just as a Don Draper in space? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's you know, that's practically what you had with Jack Harkness. Um, that's true. But uh, but yeah, the first I, I I was pretty happy with the first episode of this season, and uh, and uh, yeah. I, I look forward to pirating it somewhere someday. <laughs> although, although this is the thing, like I have cable, I and it's mostly because of Doctor Who. The Doctor Who spinoff premiered after, right after uh, Class, which is like yep. Doctor uh-huh. Who meets the X Men. And there oh, was nice. like I, I mean, I knew it was coming out, but I did not know it was coming out. It was, it was launching right afterwards. And so I didn't DVR it, and now I got to figure out how to watch it. And it's like I spend one hundred and fifty dollars a month on cable just so I can watch Doctor Who, Doctor Who, and Star Wars Rebels. Like those are the only two things that aren't like readily available, uh, you know, on legal streaming services that I that's watch. The great, that, that's the great thing about most of the shows I follow are cartoons, so yeah. I can pirate those, like, easily. Well, I mean, yeah. they're don't, everywhere. I don't pirate things. I do things legally. I'm in a financial situation where I can afford to do things legally, so... Um, uh, sadly, three of, look, the, three of the cartoons I lock are all Disney, so... Ooh, I... Yeah, it's not as easy. But it's just... Like, Reb- 
Rebels, uh, Star vs. the Forces of Evil, and Milo Murphy's Law are, are kind of three cartoons that I really would like to watch and would feel sad if I could not. Yeah. But it's just like, I understand yeah, not- I understand cord cutting, and that's, you know, whether le- there are legal and, and illegal <laughs> alternatives, uh, but the, it's just really frustrating when I do not, do, I actively do not make inexpensive choices in order for convenience and have yeah. lots and lots of cable, and yet freaking bbc and i follow them on goddamn twitter and goddamn facebook <laughs> and they don't tell me that this show that i've been anticipating for the last year and a half is premiering <laughs> and then i and then because i watched the show dvr'd i also missed they the, the, the replay was on sunday so I, i'm sure i'll figure out a way to watch it okay they probably it's probably like on demand might have it available on demand. Yeah, it's probably on demand. BBC yeah. has. Is that a, our first question? We're still on. <laughs> yes, yeah. it is. Anyway, moving on. Next question. So uh, Ryan uh, Butson uh, asked us if the Maximals and Autobots were to live on Cybertron at the same time, which apparently they do, or possibly will. Uh, would that make the Maximals minicons? Because <laughs> they're smaller. Well, Can the Maximals connect with the Autobots though and power them up? Well, see that, but that's the thing. There's, there's, there's actually kind of like a couple of different types of minicons, aren't there? Like, oh. like remember, I think at some point they like were making like micro machine like miniature transformer robots that were supposed to be minicons before they did the anime minicons that you know power link yeah. and power up turn into items or guns or stuff like that. That's true. And like. As I said, I like used to collect the Dreamweave comics, and I remember there was like a series where the Minicons were basically their way of trying to cut down on Cyber uh, Energon uh, like usage because Energon was running low on Cybertron, and the Minicons kind of eventually kind of had their own third faction where like you know they were kind of just tired of being like pawns of the the uh, Energon guzzlers. Yeah, makes sense. But I guess in a way they kind of are, especially since yeah. uh, from what we've seen, uh, while they are scrambling for Energon and using it, they don't seem to be having. They don't seem to have such a huge need for it. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like they're they're wanting for it ev- ev- at every turn, like like it was in previous series. Yeah. Well, the whole point, the whole reason that Megatron came here was for the make it for the Energon, wasn't it? Yeah, and but I mean, it might like, be one of those things where, like, by gaining a whole bunch of Energon, the Predacons and Decepticons could just overthrow things. Not that they're like uh, on a low. Well, then again, of course, they might just be, as Kendall says, they're just being rationed out their own. And how, how do we know how the how the CR chamber works? Is that maybe like using Energon to like heal them? I don't know. Mm. My favorite minicon was when was when Jimmy and Kim tricked that guy at the hotel into buying them really expensive tequila. (laughs) Oh, I remember those days. (laughs) Um, I also wanted to point out that Ryan also wanted to thank us for always answering his very idiotic questions. It makes his day idiotic. Idiotic. I'm glad we can make your day. Listen, one day the mini-con proletariat will rise. <laughs> <laughs> Stay strong, comrades. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey Whaler uh, asked, what is each Transformer's favorite swear word? Uh, slag, slag seems to be pretty common. <laughs> yeah. a lot of them. 
which probably would be a problem if they ever were in England. Yeah. Um, I think they have like a couple of uh, favorite uh, phrases though too. Like, I mean, I mean, that's sword like the 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 pit or inferno yeah. before you know inferno actually joined. Was yeah, in my regard to the pit. Uh. I know Scrap Scrap says booting up gold a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's Scrap. And um and I've been Cheetor all the time. I was just saying fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say Cheetor's favorite swear word is fuck. Um I think that uh I think uh rat rat trap rat trap it's um it's, well, I can't say what I can't say what rat trap's favorite swear word is because this is a family podcast. Yes. No, it's not a <laughs> I put the explicit check mark next to the. Will you see us next Tuesday? Is that um, what I'm trying to say? Um, <laughs> uh, I would say Rhinox's favorite swear word um, is is probably the N word because he's black. He's not black. We've been over this. Oh my god, that's not. I don't think that's okay to say. No, it's yeah. not. I don't. I can see so. a guess too, Kendall. Let's see. <laughs> I mean, you know, like because he's allowed to say it. Like you know, he's not. Black. I know. But I just think. I just think calling him black is not okay either. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was gonna say that Dinobot's uh, favorite swear word is probably maximal. Uh, probably. Yeah. He would see it as an insult. Are we ready for Optimus the next prime? Is- I was just gonna, Optus Prime is like Captain America. He doesn't swear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when the others swear, he's the one who says language. <laughs> like and Ratchet's like, seriously? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, old man? <laughs> and Silverbolt's the one who backs him up. Yeah. Optimus, when he, when he sells to people, with this, that's not the kind of language we use. Oh yeah, Silverbolt never swears either. <laughs> no. <laughs> He, he, he says he says stuff like "Gosh darn it!" Well, I'm sorry for my language. Yeah, he apologized. For <laughs> said something like that. Pardon my French, but you're really chaping my jammies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then uh, final question uh, before we get to the news post is from Kendall. What's the most caffeine you've ever overindulged? <laughs> um, I think I had like seven Red Bulls at a gaming uh, contest once. I was a little tiny bit wired. But yeah. I, I don't get affected by caffeine very much, but that, that time I got a little bit of it. I don't have a whole lot of caffeine, but I think there was one day where I only I was running on like three hours of sleep, and I think I had like three Red Bull in a day. I felt pretty damn sick after that. Jesus Christ. I'm pretty sure I've drink, drunk uh, about a two liter of, of like soda in less in then like less than two hours, and that had me wired, but I think that's about it. Like usually, that's a lightweights. Like I usually don't drink uh, ca- like caffeine beverages all yeah. in one go like that. Same I drink uh, all the time. Like, yeah, <laughs> I drink. Oh, I drink coffee like it's water. So, it, but it doesn't do anything for me because <laughs> I have ADD. So, <laughs> but probably the most uh, most I ever felt it was uh, when I decided to mix. Uh, vodka with coffee. Oh God! And I, I don't. I don't think it. I don't think it was the coffee I was feeling. 
<laughs> well, if you don't, if you if you mix if you mix large amounts of caffeine with uh, with with alcohol, it's a different kind of drunk. That's why that's why Four Loco is like not allowed to exist anymore. Um, uh, I miss I'm, I miss Four Loco. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure what Four Loco is, but like we still have like um, Rockstar and vodka there's... over here, and there's Jager bombs and stuff like that. So didn't someone I mean, once try to make Buzz that... beer? Four Loco was, was was an energy drink that had alcohol in it. Okay. Yeah, so like they, we have that here. It's Rockstar yeah. plus vodka. Work. Yeah, <laughs> I will say I will say the grossest uh, way to ingest caffeine I've ever had it was uh, mixing white wine with diet Red Bull. That sounds uh, terrible. Uh, <laughs> that sounds. Very it is terrible. just as like imagine how bad you think that is. It's like five times worse. So speaking of <laughs> diet Red Bull. Um, when I was in uh, when I was in college, uh, I worked inconsistently at Waffle House, and uh, when I did work, I would usually it would usually be a third shift that I had class before the day before and the day after. Um, no, I wasn't like I wasn't like I said this was inconsistent work, so it wasn't like I was never ever sleeping. But I would drink um, I would drink a four pack of uh, of Diet Red Bull of sugar free Red Bull. Um, this is the sugar that over will the, get you. Well, I'm <laughs> diabetic. Uh, and, oh, I get uh, Yeah, so so I would yeah I would drink I would drink that and then and like and that was in like you know in chunks and then I would uh, I would kind of uh, maintain the the caffeine by drinking coffee, averaging I would estimate ten calls a night or ten cu- ten cups uh, a night. So. Oh my God. So about yeah, you know, about ten cups of coffee and four Red Bulls. That was that's my one. That's my one. And then the other one uh, that probably was a similar uh, thing um, was uh, was when I did a Magic the Gathering tournament after um, after I worked at uh, at the the it was a midnight pre release after when I was working at the coffee shop and um, during my shift I. Just sort of slowly, like every time I had a, some time, I would brew two shots of espresso and pour them into a cup. And by the end of the shift, I had a 16 ounce cup of espresso that I uh, that I drank over the course of that evening. Um, Holy, Kendall, how did your heart not explode? Uh, caffeine's good for you in small doses. Eh, uh, I've seen some studies that show otherwise. <laughs> I remember there was there was a study a few years ago that said if you drink ten cups of coffee a day, you're much like it reduces your risk for cancer. Oh, and I'm doing great. <laughs> you're a walking cancer antibody. <laughs> I know, I know, right? <laughs> hey, hey, uh, come well, on, like t- ten, t- nine out of ten doctors recommend Lucky Strike. <laughs> <laughs> well, looks like Jordan might have had a flicker of his power. We lost him. He's trying to get reconnected here. But in the meantime, because we did receive a news post from Lady K. Oh, well, let me, um, because I called out for people to answer my question, and somebody actually did answer the question. Okay. Uh, Do I have, yeah, I was, uh, of course, I don't have the, I don't have the the post pulled up. Uh, Give me a second. Uh, I think it was Dan uh, answered and said, what did he said? Uh, no, it was oh, not no, Dan. It was, it was Ryan. Ryan Butson says, 
think the most was going through like five cups of coffee, or sorry, five, yes, five pots five of coffee in a 12-hour period. Oh, my um, God. You know, oh, so that, no, that's nothing. <laughs> that's a regular day for me. It's, it's really hard. It's really hard when you talk about like uh, amounts of coffee over an extended period of time because you just lose track of it after a certain point. Like if you're just if you're just drinking a cup every half hour, or, you know, or or a cup every twenty minutes, or you're just keeping it, you know, you're just topping it off every time it gets cold. Like it's hard to it's hard to realize how much you're going through. Live, yeah. Listen, what we're saying is just just live that Agent Cooper life. Just co- <laughs> coffee all day, every day. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, uh, listeners, if you want to have your answer, if you want to have your answer read on the air, then keep an eye on the Facebook group. Because sometimes I will ask questions and they will either be on the Facebook page or they'll be in response to Greg's call for questions. So you should answer the questions when I ask them, and then there will be activity on our Facebook page, and we'll have a, a community like like Teenagers with Attitude does. <laughs> That's very true. Well, Jordan still isn't back yet, but I've got the uh, the news post up here that uh, Lady Kay Hirsch provided. Uh, so while he's not here, I guess I shall read it. Um, Lady Kay Hirsch goes on to say, Hey, hey, Beasters, correspondent Casey is back once again for another week of TF News. Uh, First up, we have some more news on the upcoming Transformers Earth Wars update. To commemorate the Beast Wars update, the game's developer, Space Ape, will be putting out a tie-in mini-comic. On Thursday, April 20th, fans will be able to view the full story recap and vote on what ending it will have via Twitch stream. So, Cool. It's not going to be Twitch. Um, is going to is going to do comics. Is what you're telling yeah. me. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, this episode will be coming out after that, so it'll be too late to participate by the time people get to listen to this podcast. Oh man. No, no. And we are the only way that people get Transformers yeah. news. So that's that's um, a Speaking of Earth Wars and its sort of cyber kaiju designs, she she's got a bone to pick with with or pick with y'all from last week's podcast and our shameful misinformation campaign from it. Uh, an attempt <laughs> to mislead the masses, known controversial opinion haver and professional podcast bad boy Kendall <laughs> falsely, falsely claimed that the 2014 Godzilla movie from Legendary contained Mothra in it. These words are lies and slander. I was thinking that, like I was doing sound right, so I'm glad. Thanks, Casey. The uh, the the monsters that Godzilla fought in that movie were called Muto, which stands for massive unidentified terrestrial organisms. And I should remember that because I've seen that movie like three times now. Um, they looked and behaved nothing like Mothra, and were new kaiju created for the movie. Mothra will be appearing in the next upcoming Legendary Godzilla movie, alongside Rodan and King Ghidorah. Ghidorah. Fuck yeah. yeah. In order to compact this kind of... In order to combat this kind of disrespectful kaiju ignorance, (laughs) I was forced to come up with a couple of my own questions my own answers for my kaiju counterparts question from last week. Tarantulas would, of course, be... Suicide, I got this. <laughs> Tarant- I'm gonna tarantula- let you finish. I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> um, I think I should would've... be able to respond to these allegations of my of my 
disinformation. For the record, it was a re- it was a reboot movie, and there was a monster in it that looked kind of like a moth that they started with an M. I think that clearly was intended to be a reference to Mothra. I yield my time. Mothra, though. There you go. <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm continuing with my reading here. So, Tarantulas would, of course, be Kumanga, the giant spider kaiju, and Jordan was linking all the pictures earlier, so they're all still on the, the Skype chat. Uh, yeah, listen, once, if you can just click on the Skype yeah. chat and see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to post so many pictures for this episode. Um, Waspinator would be Mega Giros, or maybe Batra. Not Mothra, though. I like Mega uh, Gears a lot. It looks cool. It's like a dragon fly. Yeah. Get it? <laughs> um, Air Razor would be Mothra because they're both cute, good flying gals. Yay! Uh, Pterosaur would be Rodan, which is kind of an obvious choice. Silverbolt would be King Caesar because they're both weird, hybrid, doggish boys. <laughs> and... Even though he doesn't show up until next week, Rampage would be dis- Desatoria! Because they're both invincible, rude, crustacean monsters. Uh, Rhinox would either be Anguirus or Baragon, since all of them are nice boys with horns. <laughs> Dinobot would either be Gigan, Titanosaurus, or Gorosaurus. And Lady K leans towards Gigan based solely on coolness factor. Uh, Rat Trap is Someone Baron. Someone does with the, the bus on his chest, yeah. right? Gigan. Mm. Uh, Rat Trap is Varen since he's basically the kaiju version of a flying squirrel, which is close enough to a rat for her. <laughs> um, she's got to cut herself off there. Uh, she could probably come up with more, but that would require her to do actual research instead of just using Google to find names that you couldn't remember for them. Well, thank um, you, all, Casey. That was oh, very, yeah. very informative. I enjoyed also, that. Also, unfortunately, she couldn't think of anyone who matches up with the beloved beloved Danish kaiju Reptilicus. Um, atonement uh, for- I know who, who lines up with Reptilicus. Okay. Transmetal Optimus. Because Why? Because uh, 90s. Reptilicus, uh, Nickelodeon Slime. Trust me. Okay. I saw the I'm Mystery Science I'm... Theater episode. Did you? Did any of you? I have no. not. <laughs> That's the first. The, Reptilicus is the first uh, new Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode. Oh, if, Jordan, cool. if Jordan was, on, was still here, he would know what I was talking about. But yes, Reptilicus <laughs> definitely spits out Nickelodeon Slime. And, uh, and that's that's Optimus because reasons. Because gotcha. because he's so nineties. I can't wait to hear what Casey has to say about this next week. <laughs> um, yeah, well, Kate- whatever. I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go play Pokemon and teach my Charizard cut just to spite. <laughs> <laughs> um. So in atonement for the kaiju rant, uh, Casey is offering. It's offering us one last item for this week. It isn't news per se, but it does involve cool pictures of cool toys. Uh, while the new Masterpiece 36 has been out for a few weeks, uh, today an image gallery full of cool pictures of him with various accessories and other Masterpiece Transformers was published. 
She provides a link, and I'll make sure that I try and get the, the link up when we release the episode this week. But it's a bunch of different cool pictures of the uh, Masterpiece 36, which, of course, is Megatron. Um, Megatron is a new, updated, more accurate take on Megatron compared to the earlier Masterpiece 5 release. Uh, it is one in scale with Masterpiece 10 Optimus Prime and features vastly improved engineering and looks, as well as a lot of accessories and the sound effects and voice clips from his Japanese G1 voice actor. Uh, she goes on to say that her personal favorite of his accessories are the battle damage face and chest, which, along with the pistol shown uh, in the pictures linked below, uh, replicate his look from the original Transformers movie when he battled and killed Optimus Prime. Oh my god, spoilers! Um, makes you wonder what they could do with a masterpiece, uh, masterpiece Beast Wars Megatron, huh? And then she goes on to wink. Uh, she she go she is closing off by saying, "I'll leave you with another question. Hopefully, one that will be more successful than last week. Uh, what Hello? are each of hey welcome Jordan's back. back? Figures I'm in the last paragraph of the news post. Jordan, don't you agree with me that uh, that uh, Reptilicus is uh, Transmetal Optimus Primal? Um, I don't I don't think he's an ape." <laughs> yeah, really but, the, but that slime is so 90s yeah it's basically gack it is anyway i'm gonna finish up this paragraph because then we gotta get going um she leaves us with uh one more question uh what are each of our favorite alien invasion movies and why uh whether it's a lone alien or an entire army any alien invader will do and what would happen if the aliens from those movies tried to invade Cybertron instead of Earth? With that, well, she bids us adieu. I'll say one of my favorite alien invasion movies is Transformers. Not. Yeah, that's not really a, uh, a genre that I'm like super into. But uh, I mean, Animorphs is in a movie, so that doesn't. Change. <laughs> um, I was gonna say, yeah. Besides Transformers, uh. I'm trying to th- just think what what what, what uh, alien invasion movies I enjoyed. But I, I don't think Yerks would do very good against. Like, yeah, because they I kind of like Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Brains. Yeah, That's... but but would the how would the Yerks do after they had already taken over Earth once they had billions and yeah. billions of controllers? I think Cybertron would, would wreck Earth shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I don't. Clowns from Killer Clowns would do very well on Cybertron. Yeah. Like what? What? I mean, like Men in Black isn't really an alien invasion movie, is it? It's just no, because really. aliens That's, are kind of living there. Although I guess you could I mean, say those cockroach aliens were kind of invading because of the things and yeah, Predator. It's a pretty cool alien so, movie. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. So my two yeah. favorites. Um, well, Trevor, did you want to say yours first? I just want to say, uh, the man who fell to Earth. <laughs> and uh, David Bowie would totally win, because he's David Bowie. <laughs> so so my, my two favorite uh, alien invasion movies are two of the purest examples of the genre. Um, are, are Independence Day and Mars Attacks. Oh, God. Um, Independence Day, I do like. We're the sun bar high there. So, I mean, I think they're, they're both, they're both, I mean, Mars Attacks is kind of a parody of the genre, but, 
but in but Independence Day, but but they're both they're both movies that like you know I kind of grew up with, and I think Independence Day is like a is like a it's one of those like okay this is a this is an established genre let's let's make a a super serious high budget Hollywood blockbustery movie uh, based on that. I think that uh, it just it's really hard to know how the the Cybertronians versus the um, versus the whatever aliens from Independence Day are called, uh, who would win? Because it would just kind of come down to brute force. I don't feel like the Transformers and Cybertronians are necessarily like super. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna hack into the mothership computer with a crashed ship from fifty years ago. Like it's gonna co- it would come down to technology versus technology. So yeah. just you know, actually, guns though, they might better. not. They- they could transform into alien ships. Mm, they could that's do it true. That way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, I guess it depends on how. I I think that I think that the aliens from from Independence Day seemed smarter than most portrayals of Cybertronians, though. And yes, I do know that this, the aliens are pretty much mindless in in Independence Day, but they still seem smarter than than Transformers. That's that's, that's rough, man. <laughs> I just feel like usually, yeah, I just feel like usually Transformers are dumb. I mean, not like, not like Transformers, like the thing, like, yeah, not smart, not like dumb, like as in not worth consuming. Cause obviously I support consumption of Transformers media. Um, and then Mars attacks, uh, I don't think that the Martians weapons would be as effective, uh, because they wouldn't be able to turn people into skeletons. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to, back to the Predator, I'd like to see the Predator taking out, like, um, fucking giant robots from stealth. I could see that happening, actually. <laughs> like, a Predator lands on Cybertron and, like, takes out a few uh, Cybertronians, like, stealthily. Like, as long as... I, 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 if any, like, single humanoid alien could do it, it would be a Predator. <laughs> but how how would the Xenomorphs fare against the Cybertronians? I don't think they would do very well. I mean, they, have, they do I have think- acid blood. That would help. But like, yeah, but they can't find an organic them. base for them to to latch onto to multiply. Yeah, they they no, would have true. trouble. So like, well, I guess but, if, a, if, if, a, if a, an initial swarm was enough to overtake a city, I guess maybe they would have a good chance. But it depends on if they would get them contained after that. After that, they might they could probably do a war of attrition and just you know point them out. But could could a xenomorph latch onto? Could a facehugger latch onto uh, one of these Beast Wars robots, though? That's an interesting That's question. Possibly, because they are mm-hmm. slightly organic. So if like there were, so if the Maximals and Predacons were on Cybertron at the time that Xenomorphs landed, there might be trouble. Mm-hmm. Really, you should think. Also, yeah. I was going, to, I was going to make another joke about uh, uh, the aliens from Earth Girls Are Easy and how uh, <laughs> and. <laughs> Jeff and Goldblum, how, yeah, Jeff Goldblum, Jim Carrey, and uh, which Wayne's brother was it? I forget. Is it Marlon. Marlon, I think maybe. But does I it, think does it really matter? Well, I was gonna say like, no, well, Jim Carrey. And maybe Marlon, it was Damon. But, might have been yeah, Damon. But Jeff Goldblum, Alien. Uh, that might give them some trouble just because yeah. they would not know how to handle him. <laughs> it's just, what about it's uh, too beautiful? I can't destroy it. <laughs> but um, actually, I. It, I actually did remember one of my favorite, uh, like after like looking up just like stuff on 
on like Google, you know, a little search and that I just remembered one of my favorite alien alien movies that probably would work really well and that was Batteries Not Included. Oh god. And I think those, <laughs> I think those little guys I think those little guys would get along with the Cybertronians. I think they would be yeah, best they probably would. Yep. I think you're right. I do have one other answer, but to reveal that aliens are involved in the movie would probably be considered a spoiler, so I can't say. Uh, what, Indiana Jones? <laughs> yeah. How would the aliens in the Kirstel Skull fare against the Subterraneans? <laughs> How about um, Rita Repulsa? Is she, uh, is she considered an alien? Her versus the Transformers? I guess she would be, yeah. Well, in the movie, she's definitely an alien. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, I don't think she'd do very well. <laughs> Are any of the Transformers made out of gold? <laughs> yeah, gold bug. She I don't know. I think him. she might get pimp slapped into space. <laughs> <laughs> that, if that's a movie reference, I don't get because I have not seen that movie. It's so maybe it is. Maybe it is. It's so dumb and beautiful. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I want to see that movie real bad. Huh. But yeah, there's our questions for this week. Uh, does anyone have anything they would like to plug? Well, I'm sure everybody has stuff <laughs> that they would like to plug. It's but. funny because one of Jordan's go-to plugs yeah. is, is, is represented to this episode. <laughs> um, but for me, uh, you can check out my art at uh, dangerchair.tumblr.com and my Twitter is at thisisemeralds and my Instagram is at thisisemerald without an S. And I'll just plug uh, Jesse Cooper's stuff today, since the other one I usually plug is here to help. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he's—I think they've—they've they've got a Facebook group now, like the podcast uh, CurioCast Podcast Emporium. So it makes it easier to—they keep track of of the ones he does. And oh, nice! I remember I which which one were you? They he just released that you were on Trevor that like you and and uh, someone else was just driving him crazy. Uh, that's that's every episode I'm on with him. I know, but there was one. I'm was Jesse's kryptonite that you were on. I think that was um, uh, that had to have been turned to page. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, there's that, and then like I said, like the other one I usually <laughs> go to is is it has someone here that they can do it themselves. <laughs> oh, when so uh, you must be talking about uh, my failed movie podcast uh, <laughs> from two years ago. Apparently, the greatest. Now, what we did was we watched every movie on the AFI's top 100 movies of all time list. Oh, God, it was a great idea, right? It, it had never been done. I wanted to spin it off and do a bad movie podcast. Uh, now, uh, well, uh, that is on my to listen list. <laughs> <laughs> I think there might be two episodes still up yeah. somewhere. Um, uh, the only one worthwhile listening to is the episode we where we cover do the right thing, because my co-host decided to go rogue and just spend the entire episode antagonizing me. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Are you you? It's like an hour and a half of me losing my sanity slowly. Oh, so it's like half of what I have to go through. <laughs> but anyway, to my actual podcast, uh, you can listen to uh, my beautiful voice on They See Me Rollin', where I play the tiefling sorceress Jelly Butter. Uh, it's a 
actual play D&D podcast uh, with me and my friends, where we uh, have many a rollicking uh, fun adventure filled with uh, hidden messages in sex toys, prison escapes, uh, <laughs> clockwork gnomes, uh, Gary Oldman. I know he's out there. I know he's out there somewhere. <laughs> and uh, spider monsters. Uh Fun times had all around. Recommended for people that like uh, Terry Pratchett, I think, and of course the nice. Adventure Zone. <laughs> right on. Yeah, it's 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 great. I love it. Oh, thanks. I was so surprised, like that you t- that uh, you guys seem to actually enjoy my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still. You have no idea how baffled I am anytime I get any kind of positive feedback from that show. Aww. I mean, the, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just it's just a it's a funny uh, podcast with good characters and great story. I don't mean like I don't know, I don't know, I don't. Know, I guess you just can't see it because it's your own thing, but fantastic. Well, because it's just me and my friends for like an hour every few <laughs> weeks, just goofing off. Yeah, true. <laughs> and Kendall, how I, I, about I, I, you? I, I, um, oh, sorry, go ahead, Em. I was gonna say I can relate because I I don't know like how anyone likes this podcast. We just talk about Beast Wars for two hours, <laughs> yeah. but I, I appreciate that people do. <laughs> Okay, Kendall, how about you? Great, I've listened to every episode. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, um, so if you like this and you also like Ninja Turtles and you like uh, shorter episodes, uh, Technodrome <laughs> Tales is the new podcast that um, I'm doing with uh, my Facebook friend that I met on the Teenagers with Attitude Facebook group, but he thought that we met someplace else. Brad. Yeah, it was, what was it, like a poster buying? Yeah, he thought, he thought we met on a high-end poster site. I don't even know yeah. what that is. Um, but that's okay, because he's a cool guy, and there's another guy on it named Jerry who knows things about Ninja Turtles. Um, and just like I'm clueless, I'm even more... If you think I'm clueless about Transformers, I'm even more clueless <laughs> about Ninja Turtles. But it's still fun, and uh, our episodes are a little bit shorter. Technodrome Tales... Uh, spelled like um, the thing from the show that I still don't quite understand what it is, but that's okay. Um, uh, also, uh, the Kendall Cast iTunes feed has the poll list, which just got it. I just posted a new episode. Uh, uh, <laughs> by the time this airs, it'll be like two weeks ago. Um, and uh, and the Katarn Collection, which by the time this airs, hopefully there will be a new episode in a week or two. I don't know. Um, nice. but yeah, we're, you know, trying to do monthly with both of those. Uh, uh, the Katarn collection is a game by game review podcast of star Wars video games, uh, Lucas arts era. Um, also my ukulele videos are K Hallman, K H A L M A N on YouTube. And you can find me on Twitter at K Hallman. Usually I just post links to the other stuff. And occasionally I say positive things about comic books. <laughs> Yes, awesome. I started listening to Technodrome Tales, by the way, and you need to get me a guest spot on there, because like, I, I love Ninja Turtles, and I want to talk about Ninja Turtles with you guys. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure we can do that. I'm sure we can do that. Nice. I'm not in charge, though. I'll have to, I'll have to, put, it, I'll have to put it through the proper channels. Um, <laughs> you know, good. I file a report with HR or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's HR, um. the character from... from the Flash, not Human Resources. Like we have, we actually have um, Harrison Wells from yeah, Earth I'll, Nineteen. I'll, I'll talk to HR. Yeah. yeah. Um, as always, please feel free to visit us at uh, audioentropy.com. Uh, we've got us and 
other great podcasts like Teenagers with Attitude and the aforementioned Cosmic Call and Totally Reprise and Transmission Radio. Uh, Inside the Master Studio, actually, Eric just had an episode go up today where he interviewed Luke from Teenagers with yeah. Attitude and Cosmic Call, and I I listened to that today. It was really good. I really, I really need to listen to that because I, I want to know about Luke's game a lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he talks it. He talks about it quite a bit, and he tells you know. Yeah. Hopefully, none of his players actually listen. Uh, <laughs> Trevor, you should actually get um, your DM on that show. That'd be really cool, actually. Yeah. What show is that? It's inside uh, the master studio. It's a it's a show where uh, our our network's Eric he um, or the Moon Rules he uh, interviews DMs and GMs. Oh, yep. yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely mention that to Stan. He'd definitely be interested in that. Yeah, he likes to go in pretty in depth. You know, ask some questions about the campaign and their how they their GM style, and then uh, then just some basic questions overall. It's almost he almost takes an inside. The math well, artist, yeah, inside, inside the actor studio, inside, kind of, inside the actor studio, the actor studio kind of thing. riff on it. It is, um, yes. but it's really, really good. Um, and again, anybody who has a has a chance to listen, if they haven't already, you should definitely check it out. Uh, I was on an episode too. Yes, of- that's right. <laughs> you were just on yeah. a couple of weeks ago. The uh, obviously we've got our Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash group slash Warren Beast Podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter at Warren Beast. And if you want to send us an email, uh, you can email us at, uh, at or I keep wanting to say at like it's Twitter. Uh, you can email us Warren Beast Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and finally, I'll make mention of this because uh, it was posted on the Audio Entropy Twitter. Uh, for any fans of any of the shows on the network, uh, there is a fan Discord server now set up, and uh, there is a link there. So if you want to check that out, you certainly can. Uh, so yeah, there you go. It's been another week, and Trevor, thank you so much for being here this week. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, we look forward to hearing more good things as the podcast comes out. Uh, but yeah, for this week, uh, I have been Greg. I've been Emily. I've been Jordan. I've been Kendall. Uh, I'm Trevor for now. We'll see where it goes. Oh. Okay, there so I'm go, thinking, so I'm thinking week, solar power it. Charizard with a flamethrower, uh, fl- flamethrower, solar beam, fly and cut. I think, I mean, that's, that's pretty much the ideal, right? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. We're going home. Have a nice, folks. <laughs>